The Commander Crunch Podcast is brought to you by PureMTGO.com. Head over there for great articles covering all formats of the game we all love. This podcast is also brought to you by Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, your home for magic card auctions in Australia, New Zealand, and Malaysia. Now, on to the podcast. It's breakfast time. Welcome to Commander Crunch episode 24. You're here for your nutritious serving of tasty Commander treats served up on the regular, kind of, we've had two weeks off, but uh, we're back. Uh, We're all about celebrating the culture, community and creativity of primarily our favorite format of Commander, plus a side serving of entertainment and pop culture discussions for ancillary influences. I'm, of course, one of your hosts, Sam. Back from a a sunny kind of holiday of reflection and all that stuff. Uh, Pretty much just at home. And I'm joined, of course, by uh, the man they call John McClane. He has no shoes and uh, just somehow got locked out of his home last night and for six hours to contemplate life with no shoes and uh, just a phone and, and, you know, his thoughts. So uh, how are you doing, Cheshire? Ho, ho, ho. Now I have a machine gun. (laughs) I didn't say Alan Rickman. (laughs) Yeah, but I want to be Alan Rickman because the baddies always like you know they get everything they want, right? Yeah, totally, totally. So, uh, did you learn like a fucking longboat <laughs> and a longboat? Yes, that's true. Uh, did 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 you uh, learn anything from your time on the stairwell and uh, deep reflections? Did you meditate or no? Uh, I learnt that I really, really, really can't remember back to a time before a the internet b my phone and c having technology at my fingertips uh despite the fact that i grew up literally in that with no phone no internet Mm. and no electronic devices are you you speaking of (laughs) course of post uh battery running up uh yeah pretty much so what time what hour was that because i saw so basically Um, there was a progress thing i five i I ch- hour five, nice. So I chimed in a bit uh, in on Twitter this morning to see what happened, and I saw your whole thing. You did a cool AMA that yeah. was very funny. Ask me anything. I'm stuck in a stairwell, uh, no shoes, yep. <laughs> and uh, and then you're like, oh yeah, the battery just ran like twenty percent dropped in like half an hour. You're like, oh, <laughs> which which is yeah, the way phones are built these days. Like, exactly, and that shows like the the phone thing that I've been talking about for a while, which is where. Um, an accelerated waste of battery between the 25% mark and the zero mark. Mm -hmm. Um, And usually phones cutting out at the 5% mark because it's actually not 5%. It's telling you it's 5% when it's really not. Um, Yeah, like pretty much the phones don't make sense these days. I mean, they've never really made sense, but especially these days, like um, the amount of battery life on a phone is kind of not entirely correct. Oh um, yeah, which is yeah, why totally. I usually carry spare batteries around with me everywhere, which I'm going to have to start doing again. If last night is anything to judge by, because no doubt, <laughs> after nine years, never, uh, never locking myself out of this particular unit and doing it, I'm like. I should go back to carrying spare batteries again. I think beyond the spare batteries, maybe a set of, set of keys on your your belt or whatever. But I mean, that's I mean, who knows? You won't, probably won't wear a belt. Imagine I just kept things like imagine if you had like next to no clothes on or something like that would have been even funnier. Like it's mm, so the possibilities. No, I never go out of the house without clothes on. <laughs> Period. Like, oh, I love it. Yeah, it's just shirt, shirt and shorts or nothing. Yep. But no shoes. Love it. Anyway, that's enough to talk about uh, Cheshire's survival situation, uh, first world problems. Uh, but, of course, 
what better way to get back into the flow of things uh, this year, 2021. It's nice to write that year down now uh, with one of our guest profiles, which are with, of course, the uh, the community and creators. We've, we've kind of uh, started to build this as, a, as to become a place to share and explore the essence of Commander, why we play in effort to promote and celebrate those and just explore what, what it is about these rectangular triangles. Oh, rectangular triangles, what am I even saying? May, they may as well be triangles. Uh, what it is about these magical rectangle cardboard things that we love and, and everything about it. And I think we've got a really cool angle this week uh, because we are joined by uh, our favourite Canadian opener of packs for great causes, uh, creator of amazing YouTube content and just all-around fantastic, positive person in the uh, the uh, magic community, Mr. Bevers. How you doing, Mr. B? Hey, guys. I'm doing really well, and thank you for the praise. My goodness, you speak too highly of me. I'm I'm just but a simple man who cracks many packs. That is all exactly. I can say. Um, I felt felt bad only having one sentence there. Of, uh, oh, no, maybe like no, three kind of notes. On my you, definitely, like, you definitely said way more than you needed to say. You could have just been like, and Mr. Bevers is here too. He cracks packs. Uh, that's about all I can tell you about him. <laughs> no it's it's you've you've been an amazing person to have around and and we bounce a lot of things off each other and and i mean I, i've said it before i'm very new to the the game i want to call it i guess as an old game as in content creation in the magic sphere and getting involved with a lot of these people i know you've been around for quite some time uh you've known chesh uh for for a, quite a while um and, and telling me about you perhaps too long, to perhaps too long. <laughs> you've 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 learned about uh or we had that conversation when i got to be on uh on, on cracking for a cause we we, we joked about you, you learn something new about chesh every time and i said yeah it's, <laughs> it's, i've done 24 episodes with him now and it's it's just there's new stories evolving everywhere it's pretty much every day i talk to chesh there's a there's a new funny story somewhere so let's let's right. get more of those out for sure so um <laughs> no i love it yeah, I mean, the, so the angle I wanted to talk about today, of course, and we'll get into it after a couple of little, you know, uh, Ooh, is sections. It a, is it obtuse or is it a right angle? Oh, I was going to say Is it a rhombus, triangle but... or a rectangle? Ooh. What I was getting at, the rectangles are turning into rhombuses, so it's, <laughs> yeah, that's, everything's backwards. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I can't remember trigonometry uh, from school. Hasn't come in handy. I'm not doing, like, anything that uses it, so I, I can't remember how it all works. But, um, yes, um, what I was getting at is is what what I, I like to, um, the angle I want to kind of dig into, uh, which I think is really fascinating. Uh, of course, other than just talking about life and everything else that like we usually do and who knows what, what comes up, but that whole... Uh, aspect of what it is about the game we love one of the things is 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 of course cracking packs and that's an interesting one to kind of dig into and what it's all about and uh you know what what you've kind of learned uh along along the way of course doing it we we say you know open packs for a good reason you know guilt-free whatever but um yeah it'd be interesting to tap into that so we'll get into that i think a bit later but uh first of all we're gonna we're gonna get back to a classic little uh, segment we do, which is just the brewer's notes, and uh, which is just what we've been working on lately. Uh, any card inclusions that we've, we've of note that have really stood out, uh, and that kind of thing, or even even new brews. So I might even start with you, Mister B. Uh, anything you've kind of dug into lately? I know you've been doing a little bit of commander streaming, that kind of stuff, but um, anything that has stuck out and been a bit of a passion project for you? So, I mean, I'm going to, I'll say what I've been saying, like, on all of my streams and stuff, is um, I actually am sort of new to Commander as well, like, as of 2018 is sort of when I started to get into it. 
Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm not like new, new anymore. Right. But like in terms of how long the format's been around, I am not, uh, I have not been around the block as it would, as you would say. Right. Mm. Um, I didn't know where to start. And I think this is a problem that I have. I'm sure there's lots of people out there that have the same problem is that, you know, there's so many cards out there and so many possibilities to build. And, you know, when someone has, maybe you know a hard time focusing on one thing like myself mm-hmm. it's like where do you start right like what what you know you like okay i like the i like this color and i like that color okay let's start there and then you go and you look and you're like i still have way too many options right like oh it's yeah just, yeah it's it's bonkers the number of choices that are out there so what i did to sort of rein myself in a bit was i i bought the stargazing pack of the secret layers nice and I said, you know what? I'm going to use these as my base. And I've started making commander decks for each of the gods. Oh, that's cool. Um, nice. Because it just sort of gave me something to start. That's like a nice constant that lets me focus. And it's like, okay, here's where you're going to start. And this is where you're going to go. So I've just finished doing volume one. So volume nice. one is now done. I have a commander deck for each god from volume one. So it's going to be moving on to volume two next. Um, so I haven't which, decided what to pick from there yet, but we'll get what there. What did they, um, I didn't see how they divided those up. Did they do the old gods, the new gods type thing? I mean, Theros wise, I guess. Uh, so they, um, did, the ori- they did they do the original, uh, yeah, Theros block ones, like right. the original Theros so, and stuff. Yeah, so the five volumes are, are the original 15, right? Oh, cool. Um, and, and I think they, did they do more? Because they did more than that. Cause I think there's four in each volume. Right, which and there's five volumes. That means there's twenty gods that are included in the stargazing bundle. So yeah, I don't know. How, like I don't. I think they just divided up sort of like by sort of color identity kind of thing, right? So like the first bundle was Heliod, right? And then you mm. got the other gods that also share white, right? So you got Karametra, you got Athreos, you got Iroas, right? Those were the four ah, gods see, in volume yeah, nice. one. So they're all white something, right? No, cool, cool. So, uh, yeah, no. So, so how many? Ne- of- the next bundle will be the least favorite of mine. Will be blue. <laughs> I was gonna say. So you got five kind of built there, but um, yeah. I mean, what of if, if, if you've got number one done? Any uh, any cool discoveries there, or, or probably your favorite out of those? So I sort of like the way I build my commander decks is I go and look at EDH Rec and I see what people are doing for those commanders. And then I try to go in a different direction. <laughs> you see of what I'm course. saying? Yeah, yeah. Like I try. I don't like to stick to like the here's what everybody does. So this is what works. I like to go. Okay, here's what everybody does. What can I do that's a little bit different than that? Maybe it's not as efficient. Maybe it's not as strong. I don't care. Right. I just want to have fun with it. So I sort of stick to like picking a theme. So for instance, like with the Heliod mm. deck, I ended up going like. Um, just lots of anthems and making lots of tokens, right? Um, with Karametra, I went make lots of uh, enter the battlefield effects with landfall. Mm. Um, and then with Iroas, I went lots of cheap creatures that make tokens that then can have equipments and buffs to swing in because they don't take damage when they attack, right? If oh, they're Iroas yeah. or so. Right. I think people forget um, about Iroas as a good Boros creature too. I think it's actually um it, right? it's a pretty amazing effect. Uh the yeah. whole like yeah, your things aren't taking damage on the other on the swing back of or like the block, you know, so exactly. it makes it very hard to deal with in, in combat. Exactly. Yeah. 
So I, no, I think, like, out of the four so far that I've built, the Karametra is probably the one that, like, turned out the best from an aspect of just winning potential, right? Oh, cool. So um, it's but like, if you're, I, like, I'm not always playing Commander to win, let's be honest, yeah. right? I'm playing it to have fun. So out of the fun, I really like the Athreos deck. The Athreos deck is is my jam. Mm. I'm an Orzov boy at heart. <laughs> so, like, that, is, that was my jam, and I built it, and it is definitely not efficient at all. There's lots of things that I'm like, I wish I could be doing more right now, and I'm sure I could be, but I just haven't built it in the way that makes it efficient. So it, it kind of peters out after, like, turn four or five. Yeah, I, I think I, I like what you touch on there, which is, like, you when you, you realize what what you get a kick out of when you're dick building and then you kind of you, you see how you can hone into that which is i'm completely the same i see the way something's done and i don't want to build the attracts or the the true lane deck that everyone's done and it's like it just it just bores me and, and that's fine and i'm but i'm not going to disparage anyone else doing it because everyone's got a different relationship of what they get out of the game and that, that's that's a great thing but yeah i always feel the same it's like what wacky thing can we do backwards here and mm-hmm. uh i think what always inspires me we've we've got plenty of people in the community that that do those kind of things and do the oh let's do the the thing the path that hasn't been done before of like uh an example is like simic burn or something like so oh that's that's unusual and and you kind of flip it on his head and, and that's that's the joy that keeps you bringing you know brings you back being and i joked about it being a bit of an edh hipster you know that's trying to do what people haven't done and there's a whole skeleton ship but no i love that to bits and i think uh further back that point of the almost a decision paralysis of not knowing what to build because there's just like infinite possibilities uh Mm -hmm. sometimes having a a, a, like i was going to say a guardrail or like just you lock in something and restrictions breed creativity from there and like having a, a point to go from and sometimes that's why i love like asking people what to build because then you're stuck with like you know i've i've, I've just if i was to have to build that deck how would i do it and that that way you don't kind of linger along and something i'd suggest to you and you're probably the same and you've probably already done this but i seem to yeah I, I seem to feel like i work the same way which is like i don't know what to build or like you, you get a bit you know paying attention to something too long you may just move on to the next thing so what i end up having is just about like five to ten boxes at any one time which have a few cards i just see every now and then or like in my in my collection you just chuck them here to like start to go oh these would be good in this this weird idea of a deck and they often don't become a deck for like a month or two but like they're kind of just project ideas and and that kind of thing because i I, i'm a bit sporadic in, in the way i think about things but um yeah no i appreciate it a lot and and looking forward to see uh how they keep going it's it's good to see those uh those stargazing arts getting mm-hmm. cool use like that because like and they, they're gonna look so cool all together it's like i've i've built them all you know which one i'm really excited for you to do um farika and i think mm. maybe because people see her as objectively like the worst god and right. I, but i i think she's actually really cool <laughs> there's like there's a lot of like wha- like weird stuff you can do with her making enchantment snakes and you know that that's a weird thing you're making enchantment creatures and you you can make them so there's something to do but you can make them for other people attack graveyards so yeah ex- excited to see how you tackle that of it course should be, it should be interesting I'm, I'm a big fan of golgari as well right so yeah be yeah one that i'll enjoy tackling sure for sure for sure no so look out for that um chess i know had uh had a bit of a something uh in the last week or two what were you working on dude uh of the chaos bloom i i was trying to fail at cascade and ended up mostly succeeding i want to say <laughs> i don't know sam you can tell me if i mostly succeeded i i feel like i did i feel like that was probably the best 
Cascade style deck that uh, I've certainly ever played. Oh, Not that I've played that many of them. I, I was happy to see it um, to, to do things essentially, and, and I know uh, what did we have before Maelstrom, uh, Maelstrom Wanderer, sorry, uh, and Wanderer, and yeah. maybe not enough Cascade cards to make it a Cascade deck per se. But now with Commander Legends, yeah, there's probably enough. Uh, and I, I thought it'd be a nifty deck. Like I think a few people said maybe there's still not like. You still just got to have good stuff in there, more or less, or like targets, rather than like yeah, it's all it's cast- a good stuff. Oh, no, totally, and it's it's fun. Like you said, you want a bit of battle cruiser going on. It's cool, but I didn't get your joke about failing at Cascade, or you just kind of, I don't know. Uh, so catastrophic, catastrophic failing Cascade. No, no, anyone? No, no. What's the Science what's the reference? People? No. Um, so the reference is that sometimes with a catastrophic cascading failure will be like between either a program or oh. a, a circuitry yeah, gotcha. where you have like a rolling cascading failure. So it means that the first one then like breaks the, the circuit or the trip. Yeah. Uh, and then it just keeps rolling on down and creating a, an ongoing perpetual, like basically just breaking the whole system. <laughs> so the, the opposite of so, uh, the opposite of actually good cascading, I guess. So uh, you, yes, you know. because I thought it was going to be a shit cascade deck. Because I mean, usually what happens is you cascade and you hit a mana rock or something, and you go, "Awesome! I just paid this like mm-hmm. massive amount of mana into this thing and got nothing out of it." That was the joke. But instead, like that was the joke early on in uh, in Colin's Commander uh, League, uh, Commander Sealed League. That is like every cascade we saw was a mana rock for sure. <laughs> it's just like yeah. ah, bum, yeah. Um, and and funnily enough, I so I was drafting Commander Legends on MTGO. Yeah. Um, and the last draft that I did, I decided to do the Cascade deck, uh, and I ended up hitting Apex uh, Devastator yeah. in my second booster. Mm-hmm. And there ain't nothing like having four on card plus the extra one oh, yeah. from uh, whatever its name uh, is. Emoti, like, I guess, uh, yeah. Yes, Emoti. So I was sitting the whole game with people just beating on me because my deck is being absolute shite. And then all of a sudden, one of the players gets knocked out and I hit my 10th land and it's my turn. And I'm like, I've been waiting the whole game to do this. Yep. And then I cast Apex Devastator and win the game. Yeah, so that's that. Just because like it cascades into everything big and then all of my stuff is cascading because I'm quote unquote casting cascade cards mm-hmm. without having to cast them. And I empty half of my deck onto the board and everyone else just goes... Yeah, GG, and I'm like, ah, oh, it worked! No, My goodness, it worked! That's that's why Maelstrom uh, Wanderer was so good with a uh, haste enabler, and why that uh, that deck loves it. But um, yeah, no, that was that was exactly my experience uh, in well the last week of. Um uh, Commander Legends Sealed League with Colin and friends that I've been playing Colfin, an awesome deck, so good, like Dirtle Out tokens, whatever. But I did open a an Apex Devastator and it's my second one and I need to promptly ship it over to Chesh because you don't have one in, in paper after all the product you opened. Yeah. So I've got two. After all the product I opened, I didn't open one. I've got, yeah, I've got two. I don't need to. I barely need one. I seriously, like, it's the thing. I heard a few people say they have funny what is that. Uh, it's just like, it's not a puzzle. It's just like a big old dumb idiot that, like, gets your four spells. And, it, like, it's it's kind of yeah. kind of great. feels amazing. But I had a game where I was dead in the water absolute crescendo of the the game there's three players left between us and we're all down really low life totals or and 
Actually, one was just absolutely in control and I had to hit a board wipe or something. And I was like, the only thing I can play is Apex Devastator. And of course, yep, re- restabilized my whole board, hit a board wipe before. I think it was the first Cascade and then got creatures behind it. So, I was like, uh, it was it was incredible. And it was the board wipe that did minus four, which was enough to knock out an Avenral <laughs> player's army of literally like 36 zombies, that kind of stuff. And that was the, the turning point. It was just like the big dumb answer to a uh, a problem. It's like, yeah, it felt great. It's <laughs> so good. So I've got to get that to you. Um, it was a cool deck. We played that, uh, the Averna deck on, what did we do? Last Tuesday for what was usually our Commander Sealed League uh, mm-hmm. stream. And we got Freshmaker on there and Caitlin was there as well. Oh, that's what it was. I oh, had it. I forget that. Maybe because I don't want to remember it. But Caitlin's Baron deck. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about it. Yeah. Mono blue bounce everything, and that was like that was a three hour game. That was that was a fun time. So I said to I said to Caitlin, I don't want to say that's a crap deck, a crap deck, because it's it did a thing and it was effective. But it's like, it was it was effective at uh, drawing the game out. I'll say that for sure. It's, it's one of those things where I always say to everyone. If you're going to play Commander, don't play an oppressive deck. I know you want to. You might think it's fun. Play something that's fun for the table. Uh, I love it. Uh, It's funny. So So, um, so chaos. You like chaos then? Well, yeah, exactly. It's fun for Uh, the player, right? Chaos is technically fine. (laughs) Technically fine. So I'm hearing that you like like to have knowledge pool in every deck then is what you're saying. Hmm. No. No. <laughs> no. But like I'm so the thing to remember here is that there's a difference between chaos being an oppressive deck and a full on I just bounce and counter spell everything and yeah. you can't do shit. Yeah. Like chaos you can still do things, it's just not doing what you want to be doing. Correct. It's doing other things, but you are still playing the game. You still have ways to win that game. Yeah. Mm. Whereas playing against something like a mono blue Baron deck, everything gets bounced, everything gets countered. There's nothing you can do at all. You go to attack, sorry, everything gets bounced. You go to cast your commander, oh, it gets countered for the 15th time. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's... That's where the difference comes in. It's also that like, we're just still very much alive the whole time. We're like, mm, yeah, it's just like, I yeah, want to yeah, get that, off this ride. That's the problem, right? Is that like, they ha- they're like, hey, I'm going to control everything you do, except I'm not going to win the game. <laughs> yeah, well, like, how, what's the win con? And Caitlin's like, oh, I took it out for like, um, what was it? For like, consideration to the table, which was and like, my, was Mind Slaver Lock. I'm like, what? <laughs> Mind Slaver Lock was the was the win con. It's <laughs> not a like, win con. No, I was like, may, maybe that's probably best to leave in so we could shuffle up and we play again. But um, yeah, no. What actually ended up happening? We all had a laugh. Uh, it it was definitely a test of endurance. And um, yeah, Caitlin just admitted probably doesn't want to play that deck anymore. That's fine. And I think it seems pretty <laughs> cool. But I, I managed to get Lathiel and Soul of Eternity doing the thing, flushing Soul of Eternity down the toilet with Altar of Dementia. That's been my favorite thing this last week. It, it's I spoke about it a few weeks back on the podcast. It rocks. It's just funny making your life total real big and then flushing things down and milling people out. It's it's it's, it's a time. So Lathiel's been my uh, my best horse friend lately. Don't need to say more about that. So um. Yeah, uh, moving on from there, uh, I guess, you know what, uh, Coldheim can wait. We're, we're still getting cards coming at us. 
uh, as we speak, pretty much. You know, they're, they're still coming through uh, for another week or so. Will be this. It's spoiler season. It's cool. Uh, make sure you check. I out. didn't have a spoiler card. I'm sad. Oh, not anyway. this time exactly. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe you didn't present yourself as metal enough this time, Chesh. So uh, you, you know. <sighs> I mean, I don't know. Well, I'm well, already golfing. Well, well, what's the, what's the next one? We go. Do you want to dress up as a wizard for for uh, for for you know pretend to be a wizard fan of? I don't know. What am I trying to say? But basically... I don't know what you're trying to say. The Harry Potter uh, set. I get it. The, the Harry Potter set. And then I was like, strict, no, strict you know, no, Chesh would never be a Harry Potter fan. And yeah, yeah and I, I know why. And it's we, like, and I agree. So, yeah. Exactly. We, 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 don't, we don't do the Harry Potter thing around here anymore. Hell no. Nah, hell no. Nah. So, and both of, both of us were very big Harry Potter fans. Oh, yeah. And we are no longer for obvious reasons. Exactly. Yeah. So, I, I understand. I understand. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, which makes it fucking. I'm going to tell you, it makes it hard to buy presents for Hayden. Yeah, because it used to be easy to just be like, "Huh, so there's some Slytherin socks, huh? <laughs> oh man, oh a new one, sure. Oh, this is amazing new box DVD sets just come out with this awesome cover. Oh, I'll grab that. <laughs> and I was like, one. <laughs> uh, uh, I guess I'll get them some video games and sex toys. That sounds good. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Speaking of new ones, so yes. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> mo- moving on, uh, but what, what I think we'll, we'll, we'll get a bit more uh, kind of involved with what what I, I kind of alluded to before, which was uh, I'm just keen to jump in and, and let's let's talk with Mister B about um, yeah what it is about. The magic of opening a pack. Like, let's just think about that for a second. I talk about like what investigating the joy that he's commanded, what is magic, whatever. Uh, and we've we've done a lot of that this this past six months or whatever it's been with our podcast. But it's yeah, I've, I haven't really dwelled on what it is, uh, except for maybe Coach Davey kind of we talked about it a little bit. It's like we are all addicted to this act, or like it's it's best to recognize it. It's it's a it's a dopamine hit when you open a pack of cards. Right. You don't you don't know what's there. There's like who knows? Could be anything. Could be a boat, uh, and and we love it. And and sometimes we learn to make better decisions about you know how much money to really dump into boost packs and buy signal all that, which is a great message. But um, yeah, Mister Mister Bevers, I think what's your uh, I guess start us off with you know what's your channel all about when when you put it this way of how it's evolved I guess uh, and it's done a couple of different things over the years but um, you know the, generally the heart of it and what what you kind of aim to get out of it so I mean like if we want to take it all the way back to the beginning of of my channel and all that is you know we go back to about four years ago um, I was cracking open my case of uh bfz i think it was at the time oh nice it was bfc yeah and and i was cracking it open at my friend's kitchen table with him and we were opening it all up at once just in a big go right and this is expedition time too wasn't it correct yeah so we're going for expeditions we hit two expeditions out of the out of the case which was high Mm. and when that happened i went wait a minute if i'm opening all these packs Anyway, why am I not just filming it and sharing it with everybody? Yeah, um, there's some equity so that they there, can enjoy it with me, right? Yep. Like, well, it's not even an equity, but it's just more of like a, you know, if I'm cracking these packs, maybe there's people out there that can't crack packs, but they want yeah. to see it, right? So that's true. That's true. And I mean, I knew it was popular at the time as well. Like, I mean, there were, you know, there's open boosters, and there was a bunch of other channels doing opening packs at that time. I think Dirium Dirium's was opening packs at that time too. Yeah, I don't um, know. Um, Dirium's was cracking big time. Was Booster um, Tutor and, around then? And as well? I mean, 
a booster tutor was around yeah, as well yeah. uh back yeah. then and and then there's of course you know the person that no one wants to speak of in the yes. magic community anymore yes. at that time he was uh you know not outed as a huge you know shit stain <clears throat> of a person well at that so, at that point he wasn't a, a huge right. shitty person correct so, so, so and he and yeah. you know i loved the series where he was doing the booster like the 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 bundles right it was good. It was good content. Right. Mm. It was good, entertaining content. Correct. Like the the, the bundles through history or whatever, where he was doing one bundle of every bundle that had ever been released. That was awesome. I loved mm. that series. And then he turned out to be this horrible person. Anyways, we're, yeah. I don't want to digress too far, but that that's sort of like one of the things that got me into making my own content and cracking my own packs, right? Because I was like, well, these other guys are doing it. I might as well do it as well. Yeah, How hard is it for me to yeah. take a camera and just film? And I think my first video was like i think i think the first video i ever put live on the channel was actually a box of shadows over innistrad i think um and i sped it up and i put music behind it because it took me an hour to crack this one box yeah of shadows over innistrad on camera because i was going so slow because i didn't know what i was doing right i had <laughs> and, I, and i didn't know what i should be talking about during it and all that and so it just took forever and I just droned on and on. So I sped the video up, I think, by like 200 or 300% and then just put music, right? So that it would actually go quickly. And the video still came out to like, you know, I think it was like 36 minutes or something like that, right? Yeah, so yeah. It was a long haul video for one box of Shadows Over Innistrad. And we're not talking case, we're talking one box, right? Um, and then I slowly started to like develop the, the video and how to do it myself. I'm still slow, right? I mean, if you go and talk to the community at large and you get them to compare my videos where I open compared to other people who open packs, I'm slow. And that's because I actually like to take my time and talk about the cards while I'm opening them because, you know, I, and that's part of the majesty the, of the cards and the packs, right? Like, yeah, it, it's the appreciation. You, you don't want to like depreciate. Exactly. You don't want to depreciate everything else and just get to that rare and be yeah. like oh look we got a junk right throw it away right like i don't like that i like talking about the cards and and i'm a big limited person myself i play a yeah, lot yeah. of limited so i love talking about the cards as i'm opening them and being like oh i played this card you know in this limited deck and it was a lot of fun i actually had a lot of fun with this, this card's really good in limited this card's not so great here's mm. i remember a game i played where i did this with this card and it was actually yeah, an interesting a fun interaction story. that i didn't you know it, yeah exactly like i just tell stories as i'm opening the packs um and that's sort of how the channel evolved over the years and then i don't know i guess just in the last year i kind of hit this point where i was like you know what I'm getting a little bit bored with just opening the packs mm. um, myself and sharing it with people. It's kind of more along the lines of like, it's not as entertaining for me to just open the pack anymore, right? Mm. I want it to be something else. I want there to be a reason to open the packs. And that sort of gets into, you know, where I've gone now with the channel. And that is like, I give away booster packs on my Monday series sealed to people who uh you know watch the videos and go and check out other content creators that i link each week right and the reason mm. for that is because it gives those packs to those people to enjoy opening right because i want them to be able to have them if they can't right because there's people out there that can't even afford to buy one booster pack let alone a whole box right that's right so yeah. it just kind of lets me get the cards into the hands of other people who maybe can't get them themselves right um 
and then the Sunday series, which you, Sam, gracefully, uh, gracefully came on to, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. or gracious, graciously, gracefully. <laughs> I guess you came gracefully as well, but, you know. Um, I can't gracefully as an Australian. I've blo- 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 right. lost yeah, yeah, smash so, into the uh, stream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that series was just sort of started because I wanted to do something a little bit more than just opening the packs and sort of mm. give opening the packs a better reason to be opened. Right. Yeah. And. I thought, what better way than to do pack battles with other content creators who also get to then open a pack. And instead of it just being like a cracking a pack for no value, we're actually giving back to the communities at large, right? So not only are we creating content for the Magic community to watch and having a good time doing it, we're also giving back to our local charities and local communities to help support them from the Magic community itself, right? So... Um, that's sort of where that started. And it's still like that series is still evolving. I haven't done an episode in a few weeks because I wanted to let everyone have a break for the holidays. Uh, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to harass people over the holidays trying to get the next guest lined up. So I have a few people lined up now for the coming weeks. And so that series will start up again, but I think I am going to start taking it in another direction as well. Whereas instead of, you know, instead of the people who are battling, don't only donating, um, it's going to be a little bit something where it's like we maybe raise some funds from the people watching as well, right? Yeah, and, and yeah. maybe we give the cards that we opened on the video away to them, right? Something like that. So it'll be something along those lines. So that way we can raise a little bit more money for the charity. And, you know, it gives a little bit something back to the community as well. Because all they have to do is donate like, you know, a dollar to the charity that won that week to be entered to win the packs that I opened or whatever, right? Yeah, Because I have true. no problem mailing the cards out. To people right mm. so so no, i think I love, it's something along those thing. lines exactly so like it, it like i said i mean and this is the thing with any content creation out there this goes for everybody out there who who is thinking about getting into content creation is always you just remember that your content isn't static and that you're always going to mm. be changing it and evolving it and it's not a bad thing experiment yeah. have fun with it right it, it, the content's got to be for you right do yes, what you want to yeah. do because you want to do it don't don't do it to try to appease the community or appease you know whoever right it's it's got to be for you first and yeah. foremost yep that's that's exactly why my content is uh unedited uncut <laughs> shot on a phone and i get infinitely more views on that trash i mean the content is good so but i get infinitely more than uh i do on anything else which is weird right Mm -hmm. because you would think that a fully edited like takes you know 30 hours of like cutting and you know imaging and all that sort of stuff would be amazing but instead no yeah <laughs> <laughs> roughly shot on a mobile phone unedited people going nah this is what i want to watch that, that's something that's come up a few times too that it's yeah it's it's always that investigation of what it means to you and and, and again i always say that's like it means different things to different people and and different things make different people comfortable happy satisfied whatever and that's that's a great one to go ever like everyone's going to be cut from different cloth of course and and i i shout out some of our friends that do a lot of yeah, constant youtube content each week of deck tech stuff like uh, guys like chain and, and Brandon from create commander and Neo Royals, a massive one that it's Philip does. Oh, wow. Like the amount of work he puts into these gameplay videos and, and that's, he goes, I wouldn't do it of course, unless I love it, but he's mm-hmm. like, I've never put this much work into anything. And I was like, and I need to mm-hmm. keep going what you do rocks. And like, it's, it's, that's, I think that's what he gets a kick out of. And then, then I, I put it conversely. That's like, I want to say, I probably don't put, it sounds it sounds like a cop out, I guess, but it's like I don't 
put uh i don't hyper edit our podcast uh i want to keep things even uh yeah i do it all myself but it's and and maybe it's getting to the point where i do get someone else involved uh to help out for that but it is that and it's i i would i almost stress about thinking about having to do youtube youtube content if i had to do it i'd probably i'd run out of energy each week and it's it would i don't know something would take over I'm like you got to do this you got to do that and and that's the thing it's like as soon as it becomes a, a pressure and everything or like is it still meaning that what it means to me but i think rewinding back though i love everything you said uh mr b was was at the heart of everything was sharing i could tell and there's you know uh, it goes back to that original case it's like well first of all there's it is fun in, in a community and I we always find ourselves doing this, say that you get a box at the store and you don't want to just, you know, open it in your bedroom by yourself. You want to share it and sometimes what we've done the last year, you get a couple of people even on Discord or Skype or something and it's like, oh, let's let's just share in this and, and open it together and, you know, have a laugh and we can we can laugh, cry, whatever, you know, the value. Uh, and the other side too, like you said, I was, I was going to touch on it and, and you completely said it straight away, the draft aspect of it is another form of that I find that it's it's doing each of the it's it's getting I find getting maximum value out of your out of your uh, your box or your your product in that monetary value isn't everything. There's you know you can put a, a a dollar value on fun more or less, and that kind of drafting a set or playing sealed with a set is an amazing way to go. Oh, I don't feel bad for just like cracking packs for no value. So it's always like if you can find something else to do them, and there's so many things like the whole. Uh, you have done a bit of pack wars over your time, I'm, I'm sure. You know, that's if, if you're thinking that way, it's 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 finding ways to go. Oh, can I? I love sometimes just ripping a booster pack open, but once it's done, it's done. And if it was valuable, that's great. If it wasn't, it's almost like oh, I wish it was this. Whereas right. if you're you're in a draft and you're like, yep, yeah, it's it's not a valuable rare, but it's a fun one to play. And and I love that you, you talk about the, each card because I think each card needs its due not just the rare and there's there's art that went into it there's cool mechanics that someone designed uh i have this thing that i want every card to have a home <laughs> like you right. know that's yep. why i think pop is cool too and and that's that's always worth looking because you never know who who's going to care about which cards you know it could be a really cool common or something so yeah love it to bits but um no i love that and and, and also yeah that that uh content changes uh, of course, yeah. and, and we've we've had a fun one, uh, of course, to learn about or a fun uh, experiment in learning about that last year. I want to say it's uh, I can just put it down to an experiment, I guess. But uh, it's it's made us all look a little bit differently about what we do and everything. But uh, you've you've pivoted amazingly, and and to see what you've done, and and I think that was to see things done for a good cause was such an amazing thing, and and I'm excited to see where it goes from there, kind of thing. So. Um, yeah, thankful to have it's, you around, man. It's it's been it's awesome. Re- it's really so. I have a, I have an interesting story actually about the charity. Yeah, go for it. Uh, series, and that was it was originally something I put together for the green lit or green light magic program that they had announced last year. If you recall, oh yeah, someone um, brought that up the other day where they had set aside. Yeah, <laughs> they set aside. <laughs> Church, or, laughing, or I should say, wizards set aside. I'm putting this in air quotes. You can't see it, but <laughs> yep. I did it. Oh, uh, they it set too. aside a million dollars, apparently, to essentially fund a number of projects. And then they asked you to submit like your paperwork, you know, with your proposal of what the money mm. would be used for and how much you're looking for and blah blah blah. Right. Um. And I had actually put together this form and everything and had wanted to put it into that program and submit it. 
and I filled it all out and I typed it all up and then I went back and I reread like what the like the I guess like the guidelines were for mm. submitting and one of the guidelines that stuck out to me and it still sticks with me today is it cannot have been something that you have previously produced oh. that was one of the requirements of submitting to this program and I had the first episode of the series already like scheduled to be recorded like the next week. And I was like, oh, so if I record this with this person, I can't put it out until I hear back. But yeah, the, and but that the, could be forever. <laughs> like, ap- well, the applications didn't close until like September. Right. And this was yeah. like what? Like, I think I started the first episode of the series in like July. Right. So I was like, OK, that's not going to work out because I don't want to wait that long. So I just said, screw it. Mm. And I put the first episode out and kept going with it. And I said, I'm not even going to worry about it. No big deal. And I'm glad I did, because as oh, we yeah, all know, and yeah. as Chesh laughed there is like <laughs> nobody like I don't think anybody has heard back at all about oh, what's no. going on with this supposed program. And these people like, for instance, like Max uh, from Max Makes Magic or whatever has been putting yeah. out the Battle of Wits thing. And he actually submitted a green light for that project. And I think that show is phenomenally done. He's doing a great job with it. And had they actually funded it, he would be able to do so much more with it. Right. And, and and he hasn't heard back and he's not, he, he won't, he won't hear back. Right. It's my, my assumption is that he won't hear back and that nobody will hear back because I, I have a feeling that the person that was spearheading that was Michelle. Uh, and she left, Right. She left Wizards. Yep. So I have a feeling that there's like, as soon as she left, everyone went eh, and just kind of dropped it and, yeah. do- and no one cares. Right. Just subtly. And even though away. they said they set the money aside, they didn't. Well, and, and I think Michelle actually tweeted about this just a little, like a couple days ago, or like, I guess by the time this airs, maybe a couple weeks ago, but basically she basically said budgets are weird because when money gets allocated to something for a year, mm. if that money's not spent within that e- fiscal year it goes away you don't get it like it doesn't stay there for you to spend next year someone mm. has to put another proposal in to then get that money funded again to essentially allow that budget and that and she's absolutely right that's how business works because i mean that's I, right you know, i work for a, a large bank i understand how funding and budgeting works i get it but like the fact that they didn't do something with this program in time to get the fiscal year to get the money that they set aside like someone went through all this work and put this proposal through got the funding absolutely got it and Mm. then just did nothing with it the company goes oh look we saved a million dollars that's all the company sees yeah right that's all they see and it was a a fair (laughs) chunk of cash too and it was i'm glad someone brought it up the other day they're just like i think a lot of people just forgot about it and they're like i just saw a couple tweets like hey does anyone know anyone who got uh greenlit with that uh that, that that program and it's like also loved it, of course, you know, it was never guaranteed that uh, everyone would get, you know, selected, of course. But they're just like, oh, imagine the hundreds of hours of, like, proposals and things. Oh. And they're just for something to just fade away. So It was never guaranteed that anyone would be But, like, just so. think, just think of all so- the people out there that pr- created proposals and have been sitting on this content yes. idea and not doing anything with it for an entire year when you they see- could have been working on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny it that you work. mention that because what my proposal was that uh, myself and Sam would 
um, basically remote or travel out to areas around Australia to rebuild the history of wizards in Australia and, you know, our pro tour circuits that used to happen. And because, you know, we've, we've had some pretty big pro tours mm. Here in Australia and Sydney and stuff. That sounds We've amazing. Had some massive events in Queensland. <laughs> Sam and Chesh hit the um, road. <laughs> and we wanted to dig back into like, yeah, when when did it start up? How did it start up? Because I know it started in Queensland, which is hilarious. Because yeah. you you know when you think of Australia, rarely do you think that you know Magic the Gathering um, competitive events would have started at UQ University of Queensland. But that's exactly how it happened. With like six dudes just going like. Let's let's just play against each other, and we can you know use it use it uh, towards uh, allocated units and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, and then it grew from there to like twenty people. And then when I joined, it was I think a year in, and it was thirty people. And then we had so many people that you could not run it at UQ itself. We ended up having to like hire a hole. And then Mike and Mel, who I used to work for at their card shop started doing stuff and ran some of the biggest pro tour qualifiers, 5Ks, 3Ks, and pre-releases ever in Australia. And no one knows. No one knows because that, like, no one's ever taken the time to put the pieces together and the history of Magic the Gathering here in Australia. Mm. And Wizards seemed really excited about this. So I submitted it. Silence. Mm. The deafening sound of silence. It's yeah, nothing, yeah, exactly. So I mean, like, yeah, there, there, there's a perfect example of what I'm talking about, right? Is nobody heard back? Nobody. Yeah. But uh, there's also that undertone there too in that example. It's like, hey, uh, let's those kind of things or anything uh, you're doing again for yourself. It's like, let's don't wait for anyone. Just just go and do it, and 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 you know, run your passion, and and that's yeah. If you can, if you can, yeah. Reason. Well, that's the whole yeah. point there too. That it's it's of course the whole point was there's there's some projects that really need all that funding and and to to get mm-hmm. off the ground and, and you need some capital and that kind of stuff. So uh, it's but if if there's anything you can kind of do to get it started or you know even if it, it it's it starts a bit low fi that's fine and and you just build you know that kind of thing. But um, yeah, that's what a, what a uh, what a funny little like thing that that got brought up this week. Uh, I mean, oh, it's this week last week anyway. But yeah, um, yeah. What I was going to say uh, or move on to anyway is, uh, well, stay stay on the kind of the path of of what it is to to crack a pack. But uh, I want to see what what is the anatomy of cracking a pack to you, uh, my friend, Mister B, uh, and how has that changed over the years now? That you know that do you still look at it and go, oh, I you know. Uh, does it have the same kind of specialness? I guess it's you know that kind of thing. So, so I mean, like, uh, this is a, it's kind of an interesting question because as you know, and as I think I've mentioned to you, and I've probably mentioned to a lot of people out there who are listening, mm. uh, I actually try to actively avoid spoiler season. Like I, I go out of yeah. my way not to look at spoilers as much as I can, because I think looking at the spoilers and knowing everything that's in the set before it comes out takes away that piece of enjoyment out of cracking the packs for the first time that's true uh and and that's a big thing for me and that's uh, maybe that's how i've stayed so like passionate about opening the packs for as long as i have because i've been actively avoiding spoilers Mm. um because it it allows me to the first box i open or the first few packs i get i crack it and i go what does this do what does that do what what are all these cards i don't understand right now the last maybe year or 
yeah, about a year now, I guess, maybe a year and a half since Arena has been out because they've been releasing the set on Arena before it's out in paper. It's mm. kind of taken a little bit of that away for yeah. me. And maybe that's where my drag has come from over the last year because I end up playing on Arena and playing the new set and then going like, oh, I already know all these cards, right? Because mm. I've played with them, just not in paper, right? Um, but like the majesty or like, I guess the... The, like, um, I'm not sure what the word was you used there. I'm I'm having a brain fart now. Oh, but... I, I I was just say, I was going to say that the, what the wonder is probably the 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 word to call it, I guess. And I I said special, sure, stupid, but um, yeah. And it's I mean, you, what you're saying anyways, it's that I go back to magic as in Richard Garfield intended, which is the joke people always say. Uh, but <laughs> it is that whole thing. I remember something that stuck with me with an an early statement, which was, hey, how about playing this card game that's like D and D where who knows what what card you're going to see next time you've never seen it in your life and that's what almost opening the pack is is can be about as well and again different things to different people of course but um that's that's worth i think savoring for sure and i'm glad actually we're not going to get into any coldheim stuff this week and i'm glad i've moved away from that because we could go into there and it's like i risk taking away some um some kind of uh, <laughs> pockets of joy and then that's i think everyone everyone's really kind of uh uh, courteous about that with generally with spoil season. Oh, I don't say not everyone, <laughs> but gen- I was gen- say, yeah, yeah, exactly. People yeah, that uh, yeah. steal, you know, JPEGs of of, of not not steal, but like just copy a uh, a JPEG of a uh, a preview card that someone earned and that kind of thing, and and just not attributed all that stuff that happens. Leaks, uh, they're their own beasts, of course, but that is there's 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 a lot of there is a lot of courtesy go to generally for people to go well if 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 you're not looking at spoilers I'll, I'll kind of keep them out or whatever or like you know until yeah. you can enjoy this all together kind of thing and i think i'm i'm gravitating towards that for sure and but, i just um, want to i just want to touch on there i don't know if this is i don't want to speak for the two of you yeah. but for me for sure fuck leakers fuck yes. them yeah yeah because yeah. Full leaks stop. are absolutely terrible and you shouldn't share them that's yes. my point of view yep. yeah i'm sorry i agree just and and no no matter if it's already been leaked, don't perpetuate the leak. Exactly, further. like that's it's not acceptable to go. Well, it's out there now. Right. Well, you know what? Not everyone has fucking seen yeah. it. Like, I'm I'm in a I'm in a group um, from from I probably shouldn't mention it, but from a <laughs> shop, uh, and I know you will listen to this. Um, oh, because I, I think I know what you're talking about. It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the owner of the shop posted an image that looked horrible to the group, and it was like, is this a leak or is this official? And he was like, well, it was on Mythic Spoiler, and I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't matter. Yes. That doesn't matter. You, you, you're fucking up somebody else's fucking yeah. card, man. Like, An opportunity, mm-hmm. yeah. That preview yeah. could be anyone, and yeah, those, those hits... Those views, those potential subs, no longer going to go to that person because they're going to drop their preview card and everyone's already seen it and everyone's just going to like pass over it and just not even bother. And it's just like, even even if it would have been like five subs, five subs is better than zero subs. Mm. Five, you know, ten views is better than zero views. Yeah. You know, like I think it's, it's- we, we just need to like if if people see if people see a leak. Don't spread it around. Just report it to Wizards. Let it be done. Yeah. 
There, there was a bit of criticism, uh, I Agreed. think, last last spoiler season about, of course, you know, creators getting paid to preview, like free, uh, to, to to basically advertise the product, all this stuff. But what we talk about there is is the rare bit of validation from the mothership for a lot of people, and, and they're like almost yep. like you have made it moments, like you get a preview card, and it's like it's a really special and, thing, and, and it's like yeah, but that that's what. A lot of people want to do that. It's like I know, I know. Well, we don't have to get into the I, whole should I'm should creators be between, paid for it and everything, but yeah, it's it's a special I'm moment. I'm absolutely between two sets of people there. Yeah. Um, number one, you should count your lucky stars that you get a preview card. Yeah. However, however, because so the thing to remember is if you're getting a preview card, it means that wizards most likely have seen your content and do like your content. Yeah, just That's give why you a thumbs up, exactly. Preview cards. Right, um, or, or you were just at the right place at the right time, like me. Um, <laughs> but I am you know, under the firm belief that, hey, wizards, if you're going to give a preview card to somebody for them to show off and advertise on your behalf, yeah. you should shoot them some product. Yeah, yeah. It costs yeah. you nothing. It costs you nothing. In fact, it's a tax write-off because you can write off that you've given that person a gift, mm-hmm. a gift. But they're not doing that. They're just giving the preview card, and yeah. it's like, well. No, I think you really should just send the person like a box or a box and the commander decks from the set. You know, just I mean, just send them a little something to say, "Hey, thank you." Let's be honest. Even just a copy of the card they're previewing <laughs> exactly. early would be enough. Send send me an artist proof with a cool right message on the yeah. back that's particular to me because sure. I spoiled the fucking. You would always remember yep. that. Um, yeah, man, you, I got to say, Chesh, though, you I do um uh, I keep. I, I have a bit of personal equity towards uh, like what was the one doomed artisan that you uh, that you previewed yes. a while ago. Yeah. I think it's a super cool card, and like and I always look at it and go, I remember when Chesh got to preview this. It was cool, so yeah, yeah. There wasn't that um a thing. Oh, that was. There's a whole story on that, but uh, yeah, dig up uh, a- it, ancient. It, I had to start defending myself against people because I was like, no, I get it because I am legally blind, and if I had the chance to like draw myself paint myself i'm gonna paint myself or draw myself with perfect eyes mm. like that's that's how i want to see myself is like you know yes i've got a disability i don't talk about it a lot but i mean the doomed artisan is the same thing like dude dude is trying to like create his perfect sculpture without hands mm. You know, by putting the hands on the sculpture and making the sculpture what he used to be. It's not a, it's not a like, I pine for the fact that I no longer have hands. It's a like, I want people to see me as a normal, normal person and not as some weird, disabled, disfigured, you know, subject. So, yeah, it was just weird because it was a lot of like mostly able bodied people like commenting on it. And I was just like, biting my tongue a lot because I was like, I don't want to get attacked for this, but I really want to tell people to just basically like, hey, unless you're disabled and you actually know, maybe just shut the fuck up yeah. because you don't know how we feel. Totally. Like, don't tell us how we should feel. Anyway. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you. Totally. Um, but you're going down a bit of a side path there, actually. Like, what were, I mean, you've done, what have you got? You've had six preview cards, Chesh, total? Is it five or six? Five or six, something like that. Anyway, but um, what were the other ones? Or like <laughs> one or two? I don't know. If if you, I'm, I'm sure you remember them, but uh, so one of them was the golem from three or four years, Geostone Golem. Yeah. Um, one of them was technically from Pure MTGO, yeah. and that was is it called Snuff Out Spell Snuff Spell Snuff? Yep. I think it was called, and it was a really horrible like. 
final fate or final hour spell spell snuff and it was two blue and a colorless counter target spell and then fateful hour yes okay here we go two blue and a colorless spell snuff instant counter target spell fateful hour if you have five or less life draw a card oh so it's, yeah it's the cancel what a shit well, it's the cancel spell. with upside but yeah usually we just get a cancel in a uh in in, in each set i guess so fair fair pretty yeah. much yeah that's someone um yeah, no, it's it's I I, I haven't actually uh, dug in to to what they were any of those cards as far as I mean this is a joke before and the baby oh, the, and chain the baby of all this because it's I, I've only I've been watching your stuff for for quite a few years of course because I've known you for a while but only been in in mm. the kind of scene for a little bit but yeah that's what they were and everything is is you know the, the doomed Arneson was probably like the of all those cards of course like the one I always remember but um, yeah. Yeah, uh, good check, guys. I think that's that's really cool. I might. Um, I think we've actually got a bit of commander stuff or a bit of magic stuff uh, in the uh, the podcast for once, which is a funny aside. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Finally, talking about some actual like cardboard rectangle. I mean, I'm sorry that I ruined though? it for you. No, no, no. That's socials. that's why I'm that's why I'm changing gears, taking you into the uh, the the profile zone to uh, to find out more about. I want to know more about you, Mister B, and uh, yeah, getting getting into the thick of it about all that that wonderful stuff we uh, we find about people because everyone is interesting and. Um, yeah, throwing a speak for yourself. I'm not interesting. Yeah, you have funky uh, profile questions at you. So uh, I I usually do this first one, but uh, Chess, do you want to do you want to take it off the top and, uh, and and give your favorite question? Oh, oh, are we starting? Yeah, with we're starting with you. I'm totally prepared and not totally doing business stuff in the background. What are you talking hey. about? It's not my favorite question though. Isn't the first one <laughs> pineapple and pizza? Yeah, you didn't have to read it. Pineapple and pizza, Mr. B, what's the stance? I mean, I'm a Canadian, so Ooh. the answer is it's fine, right? Um, <laughs> it's fine. Well, cause, I mean, like, put it this way. I, I enjoy it, right? It's not for everybody, mm. um, obviously. I am, I am an advocate of you should eat what you like, right? So if you, if you don't like pineapple and pizza, don't have pineapple and pizza. Don't worry about it. Like why? Why do we have to make it a political thing? It's food. Totally, totally. Right? I, I like that one for sure. Uh, we get we often get into the realm of the chest probably would have it, but can't because of physical reasons. It's like it just yeah it doesn't agree, and chest turns mm. into a pineapple. So um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it can kill me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. That's that might be a good reason not to have it on your pizza. I agree. Exactly. Sweet. Good times. Huh. Uh, pet card you love may not be the best, but uh, yeah, do you have a pet card, Mister B? A, p- a pet card. So yeah. okay, are, are are you ready for like this is going to be like the most boring pet card you've ever heard? Oh, um, oh it's Earthbind. Even if it's no, <laughs> I have I have like I don't know why I just have like a super soft spot in my heart for Swords to Plowshares. Um, Hell yeah! And, like it's, I mean, it's a great card. Right, it goes in any white deck, but like, yeah, it, it, this is my point: is like, I will play white over every other color in Commander because I can play Swords of Plowshares. That's that's yeah. it. All right, I have two questions for you. Number one, uh, Commander Legends brought out Swords of Plowshares again. Have you seen it? Yes. Uh, the the P- What do you think of that? Art? The PGA Tour one. <laughs> so hold on, let me go. Let me go uh, make sure that I'm thinking of the right <laughs> yeah. thing here. Because the art question is going to be mine I as think well. You probably are. 
So it's the it only came in the collector boosters, of course. So it was, uh, and it was previously done as something else, wasn't it, Josh? Maybe a GP or Judge promo um, or something. Right, right. This was the Judge promo one, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you see? And it only you can only get it in the collector's boosters. I haven't actually seen it in paper yet. Um, I'm actually a huge fan of this art. I don't know why. Um, but just I, I don't know why either. <laughs> I, I just, I just, I just like the idea of it's essentially the same like person, you know, with a plow and then a sword, yeah, yeah. right? Because it's you know, and, and and maybe it's like an absolute just terrible representation of what swords to plowshares actually means. Do you know what I mean? But like, because mm. uh, <laughs> I mean, really, it should be a scythe, right? It should be it should be a scythe, mm-hmm. not a hoe, right? Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, there is that, I guess. But I think just the idea, like, of the art is 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 a cool representation of what they mean by swords to plowshares, right? It's like the, the farmhands basically taking up arms with their farm tools to become a militia, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that. Some of the flavor text is really cool, too. The small seed of regret can bloom into redemption. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, so I was going to say, well, if, if if you replace the hoe with a uh, with a scythe uh, in this particular one, you wouldn't get the um, you wouldn't wouldn't think it's a golf club. Did you ever see a golf club? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. <laughs> yes, it very very much looks like he's swinging some sort of uh, oh, iron. Yeah, yeah. yeah. H- hence the uh, yeah, I, I just see PGA Tour edition. It's a it's a great one. But uh, <laughs> I mean, that all said, yeah, do you have a, a preferred art for? Uh, uh, I I am a huge fan of the Ice Age version. Yeah, yeah, no, me too. Like that's I, just I, that's just where it comes in for me. Yeah, nostalgia bomb. It's just like the feeling of that is is incredible for sure. It's when um, I started playing, right? So it's also kind like, of like why I completely forgot they did a whole Yargle secret lair when it says the Yargle swords. What's that? What's that all about? Far out. There was Yargle swords? Yeah, so the, again, the whole bomb of uh, how many secret layers there have been, there's there's plenty within there. You're like, oh, I forgot that existed. There's, uh, I don't know how many cards I haven't looked up secret layer, but um, yeah. it's yeah. there's there's a Yargle secret layer, and then they're all in different colors. So, yeah, it's a Yargle swords. Yeah. And it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it's just like the meme continues, Yargle but to the point of battle. almost like, I'm like, yeah, they didn't need, they didn't need to do that. <laughs> it's like Yargle's enough of a meme. You didn't have the to thing for me that's it. really funny about that Yargle secret layer, though, is that like, look at the cards that they that they printed Yargle on, mm. like for each color, right? Do you see what up. I'm saying? Like for, yeah. from a rarity standpoint, every card was either a common or an uncommon, except the red card was a rare. <laughs> right but like, like but but why such differing like you know uh, like the the cards are good and they're played in like pretty much those color of decks and stuff but like it just seems like a weird combination of cards i think very opinion. weird and, you've and got the swords, whole thing you've is... got opt you've got fatal fatal push anger of gods and explore Right. Yeah, and it's it's and maybe it's like, oh, here's the funniest poses we can we can chuck Yargle in. But I don't <laughs> think the it? cards the cards don't really make any sense apart from being like relatively iconic, but it's I I you can't just you can't just chuck them into a Yargle commander deck. Cause they're they're the interesting thing too, so like um it looks like they used the art for like 
So Opt, Fatal Push, Anger of the Gods, and Explore are all the original art, and they've just stuck Yargle in over top of like Yeah, more or less. Or like replaced. Like the character that was there, basically. But yeah. Source of Plowshares is a completely new art, right? Like that's oh, no, not that's, actually um, that looks like it's the is it the Therese Nielsen one? Uh, is it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Run away. Uh it is. But it's like it's not as it doesn't feel like it's it's kind of just redone in the art. Who did this one then? Uh, Dmitri Burmak, I think. Maybe they got the other four to actually be done by the same artist, and then that one's the one that is quite different, of course, because the artist changed. Yeah, I was going to say because like, it, so I guess it's like it's got the trees, right? Like the trees, yeah. and you can see like we- the weird shield with like the face on it, like it does for them. The Therese Nielsen one, right? But like, yeah, and I was like, oh, they're just like definitely not the same background, right? Like the the yeah. other ones are like almost identical. The backgrounds. That's what I'm right? checking now. It's like I want to see if they were, yeah, they just use the same artist, and therefore you can almost like recreate the same thing. It almost looks exactly the same. Uh, mm. I can do that later. That's that's no stress. But yeah, the opt is just like, hey, there's no uh, there's no Teferi there anymore. It's just a, it's just Diago instead, and uh, it looks like mm-hmm. you can almost just Photoshop it on top. So yeah, fun day. D- different artists, different artists for the opt. Oh, that is oh interesting. Well, that one, yeah, like you say, that one looks a lot closer to uh, the actual thing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's 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 been a yeah, a bit of a uh, side topic on Yargle secretly. I um I completely forgot go. it existed until then. It's like oh yeah, that <laughs> more, was more magic stuff. See, there you go. Got yeah, there. we got it. We're getting that. We're meeting our quota. One day we might get a preview card. <laughs> no, let's let's joke. Um, <laughs> next one. Uh, who would you most like to have dinner or a drink with, dead or alive, real or fictional? Who would I most like to have dinner with? Just hang out. Re- with. Real or fictional, dead or alive. We had to say real or fictional because I think it was that Jeffs uh, from Lexicon said he, he wants to hang out with uh, Hoven of um, uh, the Magic Card essentially uh, and smash beers mm. with Hoven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Uh, oof, that's a that's a tough question. Who would I want to have dinner with? Uh, honestly, I don't think I would. Pro- I probably wouldn't pick anybody like famous. I would probably just be like. I would want to have like a nice dinner with just like, you know, maybe some friends or relatives that I haven't seen in forever, right? Like, that's certainly that's, that's certainly been an answer. And I remember what was it uh, months ago? Uh, I can't remember who it was. Literally said anyone at this stage. <laughs> it's like yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. that's yeah. that's one of those. I, I, I guess I guess it's because like pandemic. I guess, but like yeah, I think even outside of pandemic, if I was seeing friends and family, like cause I've had a number of really good friends move away, and I haven't seen them in years. Yeah, right. Um, like in the flesh. So I would love to just sit down and have dinner with them again. Right. Yeah, absolutely valid. I think for sure. So um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm assuming you've played a video game or two in your time. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> what would you put as your video game hall of fame? Like it, it could be one game, it could be five, whatever. Uh, okay, so my video game hall of fame. Uh, if you ask my Twitch community, which um, <laughs> they would probably tell you, Spelunky. Um, nice, nice. So the first Spelunky game, I don't know how many hours I logged into that game, but I logged a lot of hours in that game yeah they they touched uh, on something uh like about what it what it you know means to to have that tactile feeling and and, and just thing you enjoy every day about the game like with dailies and stuff is that what is that the one as well like they did they just had things to keep you going and and it's 
So Spelunky, uh, yeah, Spelunky the, had like the daily challenges and stuff you could do. And, and um, the roguelike nature, it's it's almost like the yeah. cracking packs. It could be random, it could be whatever. You don't know what you're going to get each time. Exactly, yeah. And I, and I mean, like, it was more just like, I just had fun playing it because it was just, I don't know, it was just, it was one of those games you could jump into and play and you could play it for 10 minutes, you could play it for an hour yeah. and, you know, you might not get very far or you might get to the end, right? Yeah. Um. It really depended on like the luck of the run and your skill and all that kind of stuff. So that's <laughs> probably in the top in the top five. I would put Stardew Valley probably pretty heavily yeah. up there as well. That's what I was wondering because um, I've seen that pop up on Twitch a little bit lately, and it's that's yeah. That's so I've been, been playing. I've been playing it a lot since the new patch uh, came oh, out. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I haven't dug into the new content very much because, and I have this problem. And I mean, I don't know if I'm the only one who has this problem, but <laughs> I have an issue with games like Stardew Valley where when a new patch comes out and it's like new content instead of me playing the the save file i have from when i first started playing that has all this money and has made it to season three and i could just load that up and get right into the new content i start a new farm yep yep no i feel that i feel that and so like the new content is so far away from where you start and i'm like (laughs) and i forget about it i go i'm just gonna start a new farm and get into the new content and i go wait all the new content is end game stuff and now i've started a new game Oh well, I've already started, and I just oh, I just man. play because I enjoy the game enough that I've like whatever I'll just play it. It's fine. Um, I, and I don't know what that sensation is, but I've it's maybe it's like it's got to be pure or something. Like you got to do it again, like fresh. And and I've the, you don't oh, the amount of Dark Souls saves I've I've fired up, and I've played that game so <laughs> right. much over the years. And there's still DLC I haven't touched because I've done that. And I've got yeah. just like lost along the journey of like starting a whole new save and like because like where well, I'm at I'm going to start a new weird build and that's actually harder to use right. and like you know ah oh, jeez jeez oh I feel that so much and Stardew uh, Stardew <laughs> Valley is the type of game you can play for goodness knows how long like it's it's a yeah. it's such a slow release of and that's the whole point like it's it's about right. that it's one of those games that I, I joke about last year there's a few games that uh, were kind of necessary Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm had a very uh, significant yes. release because of the, the nature of game it was in the year <laughs> that we right needed right something time. Like yeah, yeah, totally. In sure. Stardew Valley, I saw a lot of people going to as well, and I, I did quite briefly as well. I was like, ah, oh, we need to like slow down our uh, you, you kind of time, especially like when so much media is so fast-paced. Games can be that, like everything's instant like gratification. And when there's a game about gardening, essentially, like in farming, mm. it's like just tells you to slow down. So Yeah, yeah it really that. makes you slow down for sure. Yeah. Nice. You've inspired me. I want to just pick it up again. I've got it on the Switch. You should. Here. You yeah. should, yeah. Oh, the Switch is amazing too, yeah. Mm. So, but I mean, because yeah, you can just sink into your be- your beanbag or your couch with like one controller like next to right? each each leg. And now I've got a cat. There's like, yeah, you go sit on my lap and I'll play Stardew there you Valley go. all afternoon. So, see? Love it's it. going to be it's going to all pay off, right? That's what's <laughs> happening now. Exactly. You've got the cat, you've got the game, you've got the Switch. Now you're gonna now you're gonna be like, wait, what day is it? And it'll be yeah. like next Friday and you'll be like, What happened? <laughs> what happened to the podcast? Oh yeah, exactly. So uh no, I know. Um any others in the in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, so the- um I mean if we're talking just just recently, mm. Hades. Hades Ooh, definitely yeah. lands in there. It's that just, just got IGN's I like, uh, I game of the year. I, I can't even believe how good it is. Mm. Um and everyone that I talk to that hasn't played it yet, I'm like, you need to play it. Like it's 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 one of those games that they they whatever it is that they were trying to do with Bastion yep. and with uh Transistor, 
whatever they were trying to do with those games to get you to play it essentially past the end of the initial storyline, they perfected it with Hades. Mm. So those games, Bastion and Transistor, from my understanding, have a lot of content that happens sort of like after you've beat the game. Like there's a lot of stuff that you can still do. You can still level up all your weapons and your tools and yeah. blah, 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 right? And That's there's other stuff like you'll have people, new interactions with the NPCs that you maybe didn't see because you beat the game and you're like, okay, I'm done, right? And there mm. was no incentive really to go back and investigate and invest time in all these things. Yeah, and I, I think Hades, we've learned as we've learned so, as um, players not to kind of uh, push past there as well. Where like we often see that as like yeah. oh, full stop done, and even Dark Souls does. Like I mean, the new yeah. game plus thing has definitely existed in lots of games, but uh, that's that's interesting game design when it comes to mm-hmm. how do you effectively communicate and give an incentive to even push past that. So exactly. oh, I'm excited when you say that. Mm. Oh, yeah, no, so I, like Hades, they did it so seamlessly that you don't even mm. realize it's happening. Is what I'm getting. Yeah. At, right? it's like, I think that's the, the key. Like, don't put a line in the sand. It's like, this is the end game. If you want to continue on, most it's yeah. It's like this is the credits. If you want to exit the cinema, uh, yeah. go for it. And most people will because it's just like almost just yeah. instinctual. And that and that's another thing is like at least from my understanding, from what I recall, the f- the first time you, uh, I don't want to do too many spoilers here, but the first time you <laughs> sort of like beat the game, yeah. Uh, you don't get a credits. Credits don't roll. So Ooh. it doesn't signify the end of the game, right? Like most games would. So yeah. you go, oh, I can keep playing, right? But since it's a roguelike, it's, you know, they don't normally put credits at the end of roguelikes these days because mm. where is you the can end? watch the credits. You can watch the credits whenever you want and there isn't really an end to the game, yeah. right? Mm, fascinating. So, so it's definitely up there. Um, if we're going, if we're doing top five, that's what three I've given you now. That's three. That's um, three. Yeah. May as well if we're talking Hall of Fame, I mean, WoW is in there for me because I have so many hours in WoW. Um, <laughs> I haven't played a lot of WoW over the last like you know maybe three or four years, but it's definitely in there because of how many hours I spent in it over yeah. through my college years, right? Um, yeah, influential. Newest... It almost has to, you know, like it has to exist. Well, there. yeah, but the newest expansion i've been dabbling in it a little bit and i actually really like what they've done with the new like dungeons um Mm. they essentially created a a similar thing to like i guess sort of how like diablo is done um in the aspect of you enter into like a dungeon that it changes every time right Mm. um and you and when you beat it you can then go up a difficulty level in it but it sort of like adds something to it to make it more difficult as opposed to you know just instead of just beefing up the enemies that you fight it says okay now this thing also happens while you're fighting and you're like oh geez okay you've got to pay attention to another thing right it makes it more complex essentially Mm. so it's really interesting what they've done with it um and so far i mean it's still just wow it's you know there's a lot of grinding (laughs) going on I, I hear that like mm. a lot of people like journey back into WoW almost reluctantly, and they're like, "Oh, it's going to grab me again." And it's like, yeah. and that 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 sentiment as well. They're like, "Yeah, it's still WoW." Like, I still have a they still have a relationship to it. And I say this, of course, I've never played it, and uh, and but I know of a lot of you know I've talked a lot about it with people and that whole thing that ah, uh, it's 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 WoW almost in spite of itself. It's like, yeah, it's still it's still got me. You know, it's it's a funny one. Yeah, and and again that that loops back into the uh, initial conversation we had 
about cracking packs and addiction, right? And then, and that's <laughs> yeah, basically yeah. what it comes down to is wow was an addiction for me back in college, right? Yeah. It was absolutely. It was, it was this sort of, uh, escape from reality to be able to spend time with people I didn't know from all over the world and, you know, feel like I'm actually accomplishing things as, you know, a, you know, 20 year old who doesn't know anything. Hmm. Well, I mean, there's people involved in there and I don't know the nature of the full, you know, uh, the extent of what the addiction was, but I, I, I mean, very surface level, there's got to be worse things to do than, you know, becoming part of a community type thing. So, uh, no, no, sure. I've, I've, I've heard of people that have, you know, uh, it's become an issue in say their relationship and, like, you know, their life, whatever, because it's like, no, this, this is taking up everything, but, uh, yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, the fifth so, one then, I guess. Um, yeah. My, my last one for top five of all time I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do the thing that people probably don't want to hear, um, <laughs> and that is I'm gonna say probably Ocarina of Time. I just knew um, you'd say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you and, have to. and and I mean like it. The thing is, is that it's like Ocarina of Time. If you go back and play it now, it's it's okay, right? Hmm. It's it's good. It's not phenomenal by any means. Hmm. Um. But, you know, for its time when it came out, it was great. Yeah. Right? And I have a lot of fond memories playing it. Now, if you want to, like, maybe do a higher level of, like, uh, top five or Hall of Fame five, I would just say, like, the Legend of Zelda series of games. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because they sort of gripped me from a very young age, right? Like, I remember playing A Link to the Past, and I loved A Link to the Past, right? And I remember playing... um, uh, Link 2 or whatever it was like uh, Legend of Zelda 2 uh, Link's Awakening I oh, think it was the, called the super weird one on NES yeah yeah the, yeah, the, the gold the, cartridge right the so, really quirky um, one yeah, yeah yeah so like and I remember playing that when I was just a little kid right because my mom had a Nintendo and uh, my dad bought this game and he was like here you should try it and I played it <laughs> for hours right like I loved that game so I mean like I, I would say like Ocarina of Time is probably just the biggest name out of all of them. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I mean, Breath like of the, the Wild these days, a lot of people are like really into Breath of the Wild now. But again, it's still, I don't think it's still, it doesn't have the same hold as like a rock. Ocarina of Time had. Yeah, I, I think, you know I've I mean? got a few theories on why that is, and it's it's the music, the mystique, the it was the the it was the Goldilocks zone of right place, right time. I think too. I mean, it was mm-hmm. uh, we're probably at our most impressionable age for a lot of us. It was that I I would have been I was under ten, uh, and I, I played it absolutely. Right. It just it took a hold in me like nothing else. Right. And I can still you still go back and you listen to that music like that was impeccable mm-hmm. like it's incredible to the point where side note of uh i've bought a bit of tangerine dream uh if you know the band or the, the electronic prog kind of outfit from done music for for ages like for 40 odd years but um done a lot of soundtracks but they some of the early or they yeah mid 70s stuff a couple of albums mm-hmm. there are really cool and and quite popular and have cult followings there's a couple there. I'm like, ooh, there's there's a couple of uh, tunes here that are very similar to stuff I heard in, say, The Forest Temple. And, like, some of those really interestingly composed ambient uh, soundtracks for one. But then, of course, oh, oh, yeah, just how you can remember in your head every temple soundtrack, that how powerful that stuff was. Like, nothing. there was not a wasted effort on that game, I think, is the thing. And uh, it's still... Yeah, it's really hard to kind of sum up why it's great, but it's just great, and it's and it will you know it was better than anything at the time, of course. Exactly. Yeah, that's nice. my top five. That's my top five. Love it. Do you ever get into Majora's Mask? 
I did, yeah. So I played it a bunch. Um, I didn't like it as much yeah. as Ocarina because I found that the the time limit of the like three days was just it, it added too much like oh, essentially yeah. stress to it, playing right because you have a timeline you're like i have to do all of this before the first day ends and then i have yeah, to do yeah. all of this before the second and day then, ends and, and then, then if i don't get day. this done in time i have to go back to the first day again <laughs> yeah and i always applaud it as like something very interesting and people talk about that whole mm-hmm. it's, it's a it's a metaphor for grief or something as well there's a couple of really great theories about it uh which almost they really become interesting to me when you go back through the game like all the assets are kind of reused from ocarina of time stuff and and but not in a way i don't think it's like oh it's being cheap or like uh you know trying to cut cost or anything i think that literally does link into the 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 nature of that whole the whole world is is very strange the whole what's going on in a time loop is very strange and that idea that it's probably all all something you know is maybe that's not that satisfying for people but all something going on in link's head where it's a, a grief for something and right the way you dream when in in a dream state uh your mind kind of just cuts out and just replaces characters and th- and and locations and things in different orders and that's what it feels like you're like oh there's that running guy who i chased for the uh, <laughs> with the bunny mask and like what's he doing there he stole someone's bombs and it's like it's not it's, I think it's all deliberate in a really interesting way. So, yeah. Right. Oh, man. I could talk about that game for ages. I love it. Um, cool, cool. Chesh, you're still there. Do you have uh, no. the next one ready? I mean, I, I did about 30 minutes Sorry, ago. we got on a massive tangent. <laughs> That's what we do around here. And I, I let them roll. Can you recommend to us an album? An album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a song up to you so no 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 album album's fine so like i mean i'm gonna do the canadian thing yeah, right yeah. and i'm gonna recommend you a, com- a canadian band and it's the problem mm. i'm gonna have is that the bands i'm gonna recommend to you are you know the the, the well-known bands because it's the ones that i you might have heard of right oh, that's fine that's fine so i mean phantom power mm-hmm. uh tragically hip probably one of my top albums of my youth like just phenomenal album just gorgeous um or gordon by the bare naked ladies oh yeah um those would be the two that i would probably recommend to anybody uh if they want an idea of canadian music Um, love it i'm not gonna go down the road of uh you know celine dion or shania twain (laughs) or you know um so michael buble yeah um (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) no one said no one said anything about nickelback either where's the nickelback love no i'm kidding that is yes uh, dig it. Yeah. No, cool. And, and That's I probably remember- where I would go, yeah. Uh, what's the next one? All right. We kind of had a bit of an art chat before. Best magic art. Doesn't have to actually... Best I don't know. magic card? Well, not objectively best. Probably your favorite. Like the the pet card rationale. Like a favorite piece I mean- of magic card, I guess. Uh, like yeah, yeah, that's like a lo- that's a loaded question as to best. Right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Best is a subjective, uh, subjective. Well, thing. yeah, uh-huh. um, artistic merit, like objectively best. But uh, yeah, many arguments there. But um, I mean, like yeah, you know, you know, I love skeleton ship because it's the weird card and it's it's just funky and that makes me smile. So that's probably one of my favorite pieces of magic art. I mean, so. If we want to, yeah, let's see, that's not, <laughs> I guess this is, the, the conversation is like when we, when we talked about my pet card and I said Swords of Plushers is because I just like to play it in every white deck. Yeah. Really, like, I, I would prefer to use Swords of Plushers as the best card. And for my pet card, I'd probably put something like, you know, Goblin Game or something like that. Like something oh, weird. Oh, right? so, that is, that is like, a joy to play. Car- 
like cards that are just super strange and just change the way the game is played like i, I don't know I, for, for me if we're gonna go down best card though like i i want to say like you got to look at cards that were designed that do something completely different that's how i would view a best card you know what mm -hmm. i mean something that like does something completely different than what you would normally expect from a magic card and so i don't know things like this one psychic battle yeah. oh yeah 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 this yeah, is yeah. a card <laughs> this is a card that does something really strange uh but it's really cool right so it's whenever a player chooses one or more targets each player reveals the top card of his or her library the player who reveals the card with the highest converted mana cost may change the target of targets what? uh uh, if two or more cards are tied for highest, the targets or targets remain unchanged. Oh, so this is it. essentially like before Clash came around, right? Because mm. Clash came around in what the Lorowin block, I think it was. Yeah, I believe. Um, mm. and and so like this was a card that I remember playing with back in high school, and I loved playing with it because it just completely changes what's going on in a multiplayer game. Mm. Um. You play this card, and then as soon as anyone tries to do anything to any one or any permanent on the table, well, maybe they don't get to pick now. And and so, say the three of us are playing, and I try to Swords of Plowshares your creature, uh, Sam, and then Chesh reveals the highest man converted mana cost. Well, maybe he doesn't pick your thing, and maybe he doesn't even pick my thing. Maybe he picks the fourth player's thing. And now, it's a, yep. instead of it being a battle between the two of us, it's now the battle between the four of us, right? <laughs> so, like, things like that, I just love. And so, like, yeah. I would say that best card or, like, I mean, maybe this isn't, like, the best card by any means, but, like, I think best cards are things where they do something different that changes the game. That's just my, like, so it's more of a global sort of best card scenario. Maybe that's a cop-out because I'm not actually no, picking no, a best card. Nothing's, like, a cop, nothing's a cop-out. And, and, like, it's exactly, and that's what, that's the whole discovery thing of this. It's like, I want to be uh you know hearing about what cards mean to people which is a great thing especially you know weird art as well but uh that also goes into the whole that ethos that we kind of talk about a little bit of of what what creates a, a good positive interactive game of commander and anything that creates conversation gets more players involved uh and then this is like this just by itself just changes the game in such an interesting way and we're not even talking about whether you start to abuse it with, you know, if it's a top of the top of the library type deck uh, that you can uh, like always have the bigger thing on top or something like that. It doesn't. We're not even. That's another factor to a factor to it. Like I just want to, yeah, I want to drop this in the game, just see how it goes, and and watch the the laughter we're going to have as right the the drama unfolds for sure. So uh, exactly, you said go up a goblin game. Have you uh, have you played some <laughs> goblin game in your time? Uh, I've only managed to ever play it in one game. Uh, I have it in a number of decks. I've only managed to land it on the table like once. I've um, seen people scoop. They're like, nope. <laughs> it's like, oh, come yeah, on. It's, it's, it's yeah, great and one. most people don't like to let it resolve, right? That's oh, the thing. Mm. Maybe um, I'm thinking Thieves Auction, actually. I always put them in the same camp because they were in a chaos deck of uh, my friend Yuji's for a while. But yeah, that that maybe that was the one. I was like, I can't need to deal with that night right now. No, Goblin Game is fine because people are losing life, but it's... It's the wheel of misfortune thing where, uh, but it's mm. it talks of it talks of objects in a way. It's like this is just not it's not a game piece. Like, like why? That's why? Correct. Just yep. objects. And so we were grabbing books and and weird things from my friend's lounge room, and it's like it was exactly. a mess. It was so much fun. But uh, yeah, do you remember what you grabbed? Was it just anything around you? 
I think so the game that so like this was like at my buddy's house during high school. Yeah. Um and like we were in his living room and there wasn't really anything around. <laughs> um like per se like that was like cuz like it's it's his house, right? So I don't want to like go rummaging through his cupboards and stuff, yeah, but like yeah. um why is all the cutlery up, like, on the table? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we end, we ended up with like like a bunch of pieces of like find china and like things like that like because like there was a china cabinet in the room right so that's basically what ended up happening is people just kind of like grabbed a bunch of random stuff i don't want to rummage through your cabinets and mess with his stuff but we got his fine china (laughs) yeah yeah exactly right so like it was it was a very weird game but it was also hilarious yeah and you remember those exactly so i but yeah Mm -hmm. i've always like it's just it's the the card that most feels like a silver bordered card that's not it's such a strange card i love it right Uh, it's it's a yeah, hard it, it feels it feels like it should be an uncard for sure, but totally. it's not. Totally. Uh, next one is recommend us a movie, if you can. A movie. Man, that's another loaded what? one. Do we do, do, we do we do we do we hold the fame that question? I don't know. Uh, you could do that. No, no, no. It's okay. I mean, like, it's really got to. It really depends on. So, like, that's context me, as well. I, I watch a a a. I, I watch a plethora of movies, mm. right? So, uh, and I'm sort of like, I'm one of these guys. It's the same with the album, right? Like when I recommend those albums to you, I listen to so much like different music. It's, it's, I mean, it's just, I'm kind of one of those people that I don't have a lane is what I'm going to say. No, right? no, I don't, for sure. I don't have and a lane it's... that I stick to. I kind of watch and listen to everything because I just kind of enjoy most things. Mm. So I would say like, if you want, so like, good action movie i would go john wick uh if you want like i just like a uh like a romantic comedy i would go um what the heck is that one that we've been watching like it's a netflix movie man now i can't remember the name yeah i was about to reel mine off on my oh no netflix in australia is very we've got a different selection very very different Correct. Yeah, yeah. Very limited. What's the uh, what's that uh, movie that we like watching on Netflix? The rom com with Ali Wong. Always be my maybe. There you go. See, she came mm. in right at the right time. <laughs> I don't know. Love it. I don't know what she's looking for, but I saw white. No, not in here. Anyway, sorry about that. No, that's okay. That's okay. I'm I'm waiting for the day when we have a Canadian on who turns around and says that one of their bands they recommend is the Dead South. The Dead South. Okay, so w- we love the Dead South. Nice. Um, well, there we go. Yeah. So I actually <laughs> I, I stumbled he, across he, he them randomly help, but... <laughs> um, on YouTube, and I showed them to uh, my partner who just popped in there, and, and uh, she was like, "What is this?" And then she just like she went on a kick of listening to like all of their music, and now it's like we, now it's a regular on our playlists. Oh, nice. For those at home, um, they basically are self-styled. I they almost look like look Amish in how settler kind of like. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like basic. Their outfits are—they're like white shirts, the way, the way black folk, pants, folk band black band. suspenders, flat-brimmed hat. Yeah, and they're very um, bluegrass folky. Mm, so yeah. uh, semi semi country, but more with a punk aesthetic. It's it's very good. It's very very good. I agree. I think the thing mm. that caught us when we first caught, like when I first found them was that they're. I think the um they're like two of their music videos that they filmed they filmed them in toronto which mm. is like where i work right so that's sort of yeah. what caught me i was like hey i know all of these places that they're 
that they're in that's kind of weird all right mm. what is this who are these people where are they from why are they in toronto and then i found out that they were a canadian band and i was like oh that's really cool hell yeah yeah and if you want to fall in love with them i suggest starting with in good company yes very love good it. song well i mean we kind of just rewinded a little bit back to uh music but it's all it's where we want to be because i mean what it, it touches on recommending things is often hard and i agree that too i would never recommend a lot of things i'm deeply deeply into because i like oh, you kind of want to onboard people a little bit depending on what it is especially if i talking really weird 70s early prog but yeah uh back to the music thing though like i mean if we're, we're reeling off some canadian bands have you do you know of timber tamba i think there's the way to pronounce it Tim Timber Timber? Well, it's like Timber Timber. It looks like uh, they're a they're a folk group from. Oh, Toronto. okay, yeah, Toronto. Yeah. Timber yeah. Timber, got it. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's the way you say that. Like it's the timbre of someone's voice when you say T I M B R E. Yeah, it's just like a little play on words kind of thing. But um, that's a that's a Canadian band I I deeply deeply adore. I think they're awesome. But um, and I was gonna do that. Oh, do do you just say like uh, Arcade Fire are Canadian, right? They yeah, are. yeah, you could reel off all your Canadian kind of, uh, kind of indie bands, that kind of thing as well. So, um, no, I just, I just have, thought I'd I have never heard in. of these guys. Uh, no, really cool. And, uh, Demon Host and yeah. Hot Dreams are both really cool. Hot Dreams, the album, yeah, that's a great one. That's really good. Um, highly okay. recommended. So for sure. Um, but yeah, what you what you're saying though is is with recommending things. I like that when you start to go, you could do it with music too. Like, what do you need? And I always say it's like they're horses for courses. They're, you need it. Like you feel like different music for different times, depending on context, whatever. And exactly. mo- movies are totally the same. And so that I do appreciate where you're like, Oh, well, if you feel like this, that's your thing. So I yeah. want you to continue on that, like a little trajectory, if you can, like on a, a few others, if it's like, uh, yeah, so movies- be genres or whatever or feelings. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, did you say another topic? I kind of, I didn't. I mean, really yeah, catch yeah, yeah. There. Just off the top of your head, if there's uh, there's other things, because uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate it from Chesh as well, because Chesh is very movie uh, driven and 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 has basically seen everything. Uh, but yeah, going what maybe it's a you said an action one, like maybe it is a. Uh, I mean, thriller is a very broad kind of thing, I guess, but or sci-fi, whatever. But um, yeah, any of All those right, so, other key. So topics. I mean, like, okay, yeah, we we go down this road. So or, like, or to match a feeling, you know? Yeah, yeah. So for me, um, I'm not gonna be able to give you any thrillers or horror because I don't watch any. No, um, no, totally, totally. Uh, and that's just a preference for myself. I don't, I don't enjoy, um, suspense. Mm-hmm. It it sort of drives my anxiety up really high, and I don't I like that, yeah. it. So I don't yeah. watch. It's just that's eh, just what it comes down not, to, right? Yeah, I mean, and it's not the know. sensation you chase, exactly. It's really hard because um, um, to go on a, a bit of a tangent, we actually started to watch um, Dead to Me, um, which is the Netflix show um, with Christina Applegate in it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we got through the first season and we started watching the second season and I we got like two or three episodes in and, and I just turned to my partner and I said, I can't watch the show anymore. And she went, why? And I went, it's it, like every episode is literally putting me like on edge because of mm. the amount of anxiety I'm having like every 10 minutes. Cause that's what that show does. Yeah. Right? And it doesn't mean it, it's it objectively just, bad, but it's like, it, it's, yeah, it's one, it does something yeah, different. It's not a bad thing. And, and I said, I said like, the show is good. I like it, but I can't watch it because mm. my, my, my neurons are just being like, Nope, don't, <laughs> don't do this. Don't watch this. And I'm like, I can't like, I'm too jittery. My whole body. I can't, like I just I can't take it. My heart can't take the suspense that's yeah, going on. And again, I don't know we're why, all made, but we're all made differently. Exactly. It's like uh, when uh, when Chesh watches Willow 
right? Just don't even start. <laughs> <laughs> go, yeah, if, if anyone didn't hear that, go back and listen to uh, the episode with Enthrallment because it was a funny convo. But um, yeah, just the whole like, especially if there's a feeling you can't pin it down, why you don't like it. It's 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 good when you can, and then you can like, uh, I'm happily just go. Oh, I don't want to watch it for this reason. That's fine. And everyone's right. you know within. And, and, and it's never a, it's never has to be a, like oh this is good or bad. It's like it's to me exactly. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, so good one. if we're gonna go down the movies though, so like it, let's let's talk like um, I guess animated movie. Hell right? yeah! Like let's let's talk animated movie. I recommend Emperor's New Groove. That's like probably one Ooh. of my favorite Disney movies of all time. Don't nice uh, don't know why it's up there, but it is. It's just. I think it's just because it's so lighthearted and nothing really bad happens in it, I guess. And yeah. Maybe that's what it is. I, I'm finding lately, like, and I guess this is like, we just watched Soul um, a few weeks ago. Oh, I've been looking forward to that, actually. Yeah. And I'll tell you this without ruining anything. You can go into it without worrying about Pixar doing what Pixar does. Yep. Yep. yep, yep. And, and that is Pixar for the last, you know, five to six years has been... How can we devastate literally everyone watching this movie? Yeah. Right? That's like <laughs> that's like what they've been known for and what they've been great at is just doing whatever they can to devastate you no matter who you are, right? Yeah. And Soul was a nice change of pace because uh they didn't actually devastate you. Yes, it was, you know, there's there's very, you know, some sad moments in it, but like they didn't like there wasn't this like gut punch of a hey, now you're sad kind of thing, right? Like mm. That, that didn't exist in this movie. Um, so that was a nice change. So you could check that out as well. But New, Emperor's New Groove is just a fun movie with, you know, David Spade and uh, John Goodman, I think. Yeah, right? I was going to say, yeah. John Goodman's voice is, that has, has effects. Uh, it's it's just such a, such a nice warming thing. We joke about it. It's Fred mm-hmm. Flintstone. But um, maybe right, not to yes. the whole, like, the Hungry Jack's ASMR ad. Uh, technique they tried to use with his you know he was whispering to you to sell your burgers that doesn't doesn't work on me but like i don't know like he's he's just got a lovely voice it's great <laughs> i've never heard of this Come hungry back. jacks thing it whispers, was, but it, it, yeah. uh, oh it's like oh, it's supposed to be like subliminal messaging kind of thing it, it is that kind of is it was it's just like the whole uh every, again everyone's wired differently things trigger to different people and i i always thought this was a uh an interesting uh route to take for a company like that that they're like oh guess what's in vogue at the moment a lot of asmr videos and and some people love hearing people eat some people love people opening packages some people love people whispering whatever uh for me it's like bits of music gives me asmr but like definitely not like people whispering that doesn't do anything <laughs> but like they like it's just funny because it's whether that was meant to be targeted on youtube i guess you can almost do based on related uh things of if you can ascertain that someone enjoys that kind of thing or they're watching videos of it because there was a lot of it on youtube but I'm pretty sure it was just a TVC, and it was just so like, John John Goodman just like whispering about this moist burger. I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> flame grill!" And it's like, "Yeah, you look at all." Like, so what like, I'm hearing is I should probably start a series on my YouTube channel, just going, "You should open boosters." Yes, open because all. I mean, you you could, and you just put some at the front. Packs. People find them if they want them, and I know it's definitely uh, it definitely has happened in the magic uh, scene. And it's you know people have done <laughs> ASMR stuff. So um, who is uh, Chesh? Um, our, our friends at Cherry, 
do ASMR stuff, don't they? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I thought it was a joke at, at first. I was like, no, I shouldn't joke about this. It's absolutely delightful for some people to do, like, you know, so the, the, the um, sensation from it, I guess. The shorts that I've been doing lately mm-hmm. um, on YouTube, um, when I was told about shorts and how to do them and all that kind of stuff, um, I was the person that mentioned it to me said, you know, you should try doing ASMR versions of it where you, <laughs> you don't say anything, no talking. During oh, the video, yeah. just open the pack and just the sound of the cardboard basically mm-hmm. like flicking across each other basically while you're opening, right? And I was like, interesting. Yeah. I was like, I guess I'll see how that goes. And some people were like, I love this, and other people were like, eh, I missed the commentary. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you're to, not gonna. A, it doesn't matter you. who you're not gonna make everybody happy. So whatever. That's exactly, and that's that was uh, that was my point that I thought was very fu- a, a funny move for such a big company to do it. Like uh, maybe keeping in in vogue of what's happening on YouTube and everything, but the, with the complete risk that there's a lot of people go, why is he whispering? <laughs> it's like what, what's right? he doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. it's totally that. Uh, after editing a bit of voice too, and like learning about frequencies and stuff too, and not to say ours is impeccably edited. I do what I can each week, but uh, knowing that you could then really grab that sound and like up some of those frequencies of like that particular crackle of that <laughs> booster pack. Right, yeah, <laughs> and just blows some of the brains out, you know. <laughs> it's just yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just like yeah. that crinkling. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, that one, that one gets me. Uh, the I know a few brands kind of do it a bit more subtly. Uh, and I know this has gone on a tangent about ASMR, but I think it's fascinating. Uh, I know Magnum ice creams here, Chesh. Our like, mm. uh, I want to call it upmarket ice cream brand, but how upmarket can ice cream be? They absolutely drive me insane how much they get that whole mouth sound of like cracking into like the teeth of the, teeth <laughs> of the chocolate. Yeah, no. I I turn into a pool of water in the ground. I hate it. I just like, yeah, it's disgusting. Yet they really amp it up because I think they're like, oh, people love it. Same with Schweppes ads. They do the whole. This is like what the, the crunch of the cone, Yeah, basically? it's the crunch. Any the, any crunch. Wow. Actually, I buy by principle. I will not buy or eat anything by a company that really ups that crunch in their ads because I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you know, and it's, I don't believe in that. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the Schweppes ads do it too. And they go, they, they pump up that whole pouring the glass of all uh, the. All the bubbles and crap, and and it goes right, right. Yeah. It's just a really you hear, tactile you hear the fizziness sound. or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, I hear it. I hear it in my soul. And it's like, oh, stop it! <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> so that's that's what I was getting at when I joked about Chesh eating mints. One of a couple of the episodes, I'm like, just that noise, the opening, the thing, and the oh no, stop! <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> I, I just want to point out to people that it wasn't me chewing. No, no, no. It was literally it was the, the rattle, the sound, and I was trying to be as quiet as possible, but the sound of me. Popping the tin open and then getting him in, into yeah. my mouth. And I know it was only one time because it was like you you were. I think you meant to uh, you muted your microphone most of the time, and then one of them you you just did it the wrong way around, and I heard most of it, and it was fine because <laughs> I edited it out. But it was like yeah. it's that little rattle. It's I don't know what it is. It's me. It's like everyone's weird, right? So yeah, mm. cool ASMR chat. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one was it's on a different page. Oh, this is Cheshire's one. Where are we at? Uh-huh. Yeah. Read it off. You want me to yeah. read it out? <laughs> I'm going to get you involved, dude. Who is your potential favorite Pokemon? My per- my potential favorite Pokemon. I say potential now because a couple of times we've done this, people have been like, uh, Pokemon what? It's been like, uh, come on, everyone hasn't. Like, no, yeah. I don't. Like, well, fine. So now I say potential. Right, right. That's fair. So... 
I'm not huge into Pokemon, um, by all means, but you know, I grew up in the times time frame of Pokemon becoming a thing, mm. right? So, uh, I played the original like red, blue, yellow Pokemon cartridges on the Game Boy a, a lot. Hell yeah, same. <laughs> um, because you know that's just what it was at the time, right? Like portable game, this game that you can play a whole bunch, and it's like a battle game. Uh, but you're catching these creatures and stuff, so like it's like an RPG, and it's yeah. I would say, yeah, I would say like so like my favorite Pokemon is gonna probably be from OG Pokemon, Mm. um, which I'm probably gonna go with like something. What I what would I say? Like I I used Bulbasaur every time. So like every time I started a new game of you know red or yellow or whatever, it was always Bulbasaur always um would i say that bubble is my favorite i don't know but like it's definitely my starter it's my go-to starter yeah out of all of them i always like that is um, almost a very, the... a very light yeah. personality test thing it's like oh which which of the starters were you <laughs> you know yeah so, so i would say like like bubble is probably up there for my favorite um and then like i don't know my favorite is probably something stupid right like hell yeah because i i like i just like things that are like impractical right so like i would probably pick like geodude <laughs> just be, just because it's of like okay. yeah. how ridiculous that is a rock with like, like this biceps. rock with two arms that floats <laughs> like it's just and then, it's just and a the, weird pokemon and then eventually turns into something that's grounded and that has legs and it's like wasn't it wasn't it preferable to float <laughs> if you right can. yeah exactly <laughs> like I, he gave away the power of flight <laughs> To get like lizard head and uh, become, I mean, he's still rock, but just get more limbs, I guess, which is, yeah, whatever. It's great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say too, it's like, uh, it's, I I feel in the same camp where it's, I think I only really remember up to like gen three or something. And it baffles me how much Pokemon there has been over the years, but the ones I played quite a bit. And then you think of the ones, uh, those weird Pokemon that kind of got you through the game. You're like, oh, I just right. really unconditionally love this one, even though no one else, I don't know, may, it may I be mean, like, a, if, a weird choice. If we're choice talking about Pokemon Go, though, right? Ooh. Yeah, uh, okay. my, my friend Pokemon that follows me around everywhere is definitely Magikarp. <laughs> I love it. See, like, like you just, say, just, there's just, the impractical one. It's just like, there's the impractical but awesome, and you've got a soft spot for it. And I, I, I think that's the cool part of Pokemon. It, it opens it up for all that. Yeah, you can get objectively strong, but, like, it's it's about the weird ones. Like, hmm I mean, Porygon rocks, like that kind of stuff. So um, nice, nice. Uh, and to wrap up all our questions, I think is, uh, is, is, is the one we'd love to bookend with. But in just a few words, Mr. Bevers, what does magic mean to you? In just a few words? Oh, no. Uh, it doesn't I, have have to keep, like, I have to keep it short and succinct? My goodness. Hell no. Right. You, it's, it just opens it up. I just say that. But yeah, I think it, I t- so like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the one word answer and then I'll go into a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and that is like magic to me means community. Yeah. Um, so like I, I like to use the word community as the only thing magic means to me because at the end of the day, that's the whole reason I got into magic is my friends. The whole reason I still play magic is my friends. Mm. The whole, the whole reason I even collect cards or anything like that is because I want to be able to keep playing magic with my friends. Right. Like, mm. so the community is definitely the thing that does it for me. Um, and my community with magic has always been small. 
um, in the aspect of, you know, up until about, you know, three or four years ago, I didn't, I didn't get involved in anything online with Magic or anything. I was only playing with my local friends. Uh, we were buying our packs and we were, you know, playing against each other and all that kind of stuff. And then people started getting busier and moving away and all that kind of stuff. And then I started like getting more into, well, what's going on online? Because I'd like to find people who are still interested in Magic because I still want to play the game because mm. I really enjoy playing it. Um, and I enjoy the social interaction of playing Magic. So... Um, community is definitely the, the quickest and dirtiest answer I can give you. Um, <laughs> but to go into like more details, just having fun with a group of people that have a common interest and are just looking to have essentially like a good time with each other. Mm. Um, and this is also why I don't play competitively in magic is because I don't want there to be like a, I have to win at all costs kind yeah. of mentality to the game. I want the game to be the game that I remember growing up, which was kitchen table. And that is play for fun, play how you like, you know, and you're just there to have a good time. I like that a lot. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And like I said before, it's, it's, I, I see a massive undertone in everything you do that is, you know, you, you, you remember that and it's, it's, you, you acknowledge that, that it is about that sharing aspect and, you know, that without people, it's not what it is, you know, it, it really isn't. And I've made that joke a few times. Oh, if the people weren't here, well, why, why would I play? There's no point. Think, explore what's outside of that, of, of course. We, we, you know, uh, magic just brings it together. We go on after that and, and, and see, yeah, next thing we're talking about music, we're talking about, you know, everything else exactly. there is. So, yeah, that's, that's what's really special. So, um, no, thanks thanks so much for uh, for enlightening us with, with everything you got there. It's always a joy to see what, what people have in their sphere of influences uh and and like we say i think with that note uh the best way to, to to bookend the whole thing is what we usually do the entertaining which is uh more or less just very very recently anything that's kind of influenced us this week we've watched uh it could be anything literally uh but but generally outside the world of magic but um media uh that kind of stuff so um i might start off with uh chesh had one for sure Cobra Kai season three is tasty. Go and watch it. Yay! It's really good. Yeah, kids fighting and uh, and oh yeah, and a bit of bit of teaming up without uh, spoiling anything. I think that's what the trailer alluded to anyway. But um, I we got into that in our house and it was, it was good fun. Have you watched that, Mister B? I haven't finished season two yet, but I uh, I plan to. Heresy. <laughs> <laughs> Planning to yeah. isn't doing so. <laughs> I've enjoyed that voice you've put on a bit lately, Chet. It's true, so, it's true. He's got me is. there. I feel ashamed. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> then. Uh, no, no, all in good time. Uh, you'll enjoy it. It's, uh, I think, the way we kind of summed it up. Uh, well, I said it, and then Chesh, I know, Chesh said it. I forgot about it. And he's like, yeah, I talked about this months ago and uh, came to the thing. It's like, yeah, it's a, it's a good fun romp. Dated in parts. I think it was only like, I feel like it was mainly in the first season. It had some of those dated kind of things. Oh, no, there's or still there are some. still some? Oh, okay. Yeah. I think yeah. it was, I was going to say his character name. I'd... But most mostly in the first season. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like. Yeah. They've just written Johnny's character to be a bit of a like, I'm still in the 80s yep. and I don't know how to use this Facebook thing and this laptop thing and this. And sometimes thing. a bit of a man douche and like, you know, men got to be men. And it's like, yeah, so it's we. A bit of a man yeah, douche. Man yeah. douche. Yeah. I mean, he seems like a lovely fucking guy, but also a bit a of a man douche. douche exactly. so. so there's a bit of that, but like, if you go, it all means well. I think it does. Um, 
and and it, it's yeah. a fun romp af- after that kind of thing. And it is a, just a nostalgia bomb, and I know that's definitely part of it for a lot of people. So um, for sure, and it's just really well written. Yeah. Like I, I won't tell you that it's like amazingly written, but it's it's written to the point where somebody like myself, who's a complete fucking soul, <laughs> can watch it and just go like, I I actually really dig most yeah, of this, yeah. which is rare for me these days. Like. I I honestly wish that I had a found an in um, to like writing this kind of stuff because there's so much stuff I would have written differently with other stuff that this is just like no I probably would have written it like that mm. that's fine yeah nice nice uh, my one for this week was uh, I've got a short one and then then another kind of weird left field one but uh, Louis Theroux put out a retrospective uh, have you seen this Chesh or have you watched have any of you two watched Louis Theroux stuff. No. I've watched some of his old yeah, stuff. Yeah, so he's like, so. Bottom line is Louis Theroux is. Uh, if anyone has not heard of Louis Theroux, it's a he's a uh, BBC kind of journalist, I guess, uh, and, and make, documentary maker kind mm-hmm. of thing. And he started off late nineties, I believe, doing a show called Weird Weekends, and it was just an amazing, uh, just a snapshot about different cultures and uh, lots of little things like uh, goes hangs out with people that uh, you know the whole alien culture in 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 like around new mexico and stuff and what's happening around there and then in a way and then like at this uh I'm trying to think of something else he hangs he hangs out with like televangelists and like lots of little weird things that like yeah you may be like oh they're strange they're i don't understand they're not part of the way i live uh and you can maybe even be like oh they're just objectively wrong uh but he does it in a way of relatability that he he will always find get to someone's story without judging them or anything and and, and get people to admit things not deceptively but just being a person and listening and talking to people and they let him into their lives more or less so it's there's weird weekends is amazing there's three seasons of that late 90s early 2000s i believe and then it got to him he says in this retrospective which is ultimately what i'm alluding to uh he reflects back now over the last 20 years or so and even goes with what I can tell, uh, he had time in, in, in lockdown. He's in the UK uh, at home and everything. It's like, what do I do? And he kind of dug up a lot of old footage and like and reflected on, on a lot of his old uh, episodes and stuff and got a lot of the uh, the people he talked to. And actually, he has this amazing ability of making friends, uh, more or less. And even that whole thing where he doesn't have to believe what they're into, but he'll he'll talk to them and they will respect that and, and he'll respect them and... So he'll talk to a lot of these people over the years and, and what they're doing now, how maybe their beliefs have changed or what's happening. But as I was kind of saying, is he he did then get uh, he he mentions he he got the the confidence to go. Oh yeah, these are almost like the weirder kind of stories, the weird weekend stuff. And it got to things like let's address. I want to investigate uh, cultures in jails and prisons and stuff uh, in in the states. And then there's things like there's one about heroin and an addiction. And there was it got to. Uh, a home about pedophiles, dementia. It, it got into, he goes, I felt more like I, I never felt like I'd tell the stories like I was good enough or whatever. And then he he, he goes, no, you, there's a story to be told everywhere. So anything Luther has done, I, I absolutely recommend. And uh, so that he just put together a really nice little, uh, there's a four episode series of of him just running through the last 20 years and, and just general themes and, and also just retouching on, on some of those, those people over the years. So, very, very valid. Uh, some good deep thinking stuff. Um, but my lighthearted answer this week, and I said to you guys personally, and I haven't announced it anywhere. Not that it's a huge thing. It's it's the type of thing I think people do. They announce it from the rooftops, but it ultimately just means something to me. I got a cat. 
I joined the cat crew, and uh, we got cute cat. Yeah, we got uh, we rescued a uh, or from a, a pet shelter, uh, two year old cat uh, who we've named Stevie after Stevie Nicks uh, for being delightfully weird, as as Coach Davey would say, and and a little sorceress. Uh, and she's just the coolest little cat. Uh, four days in, and she's she's kind of changed the whole dynamic here i want to say uh and that that's been the most noteworthy thing over my last week because it's uh suddenly we've just got two people in this this three-bedroom house and it's like it's more space than we need and now there's a different dynamic and there's there's i'm gonna yeah. tell you getting a cat infinitely better than having a child well just yeah saying. i mean agreed agreed <laughs> and i don't know what our plans for chi- uh, children are in the future but you know who knows but at the moment it's just kate and i and and now it's we have there's a different energy exactly and it's you know it's lovely it does actually it feels like a family it's it's really really cool so hmm. yeah and i think every every cat owner so will be like yeah has, i know what you mean like, <laughs> has stevie started sleeping in bed Not, with you yet? uh just it's the routine she's got her bedroom uh which is like the second bathroom <laughs> but yeah i yeah, we wake her up at seven that. and uh or she's already awake and then she comes and hangs out on the bed her favorite place is under the bed <laughs> which is um just a cool cave so um yeah just hangs out there so no it's it's cool and that's 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 a fun one i'll start cat picking on um on twitter like the best of them i think soon so <laughs> nice one just make sure you get your cat used to closed doors oh she yes yeah good point so she's she kind of we did the whole get used to one room before transitioning around but she was very comfortable i think within a day to go i'm gonna i want to mm. open this door and see what's out of there by the way she can open doors so uh, not like closed no. doors, like with a door handle. She'll try and reach for the door handle, but like if it's a jar, she'll put her paw in, and then she can move a sliding yeah, door too. It's great. Um, motor function, right? <laughs> Cheeky little thing. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, great. Sounds right. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's that's been my week more or less. So uh, yeah, um, I think that's uh, that's probably the best place to sign off and and um, kind of uh, call it an episode, my friends. But uh, yeah, first of all. Mr. B, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I know we talked about this last year and we had to just get it to line up, but yeah, it's it's yeah. What what is this? A Sunday here, a Saturday night for you? It's it's all it's all you know can do it. Saturday night for me, yeah. Sunday, yeah, it's all fun times. Afternoon for you. And 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 yeah, I mean the the time zones have been something we've we've worked out for. <laughs> good good second, old time zones. Yeah, yeah they become second nature. Mm-hmm. I seem to know who who's in Eastern and and uh, Pacific and everything now, and, and it's all workable. I think the last like three weeks of holidays have been uh, good to not absolutely spend every waking hour playing Commander, but have certainly got plenty of time to play some webcam stuff and and talk right. to people a bit more in the in the daylight hours that I'd usually be working. So have been grateful for that. But, um, but yeah, like bottom line, being grateful for you uh, and, and your kind of uh, camaraderie and, and, and reminding us why we play this game and, you know, the cool parts about it and then also opening up about that on the episode. It's been awesome, dude. Well, thank you for mm-hmm. having me as well. I really appreciate the invite. Um, oh, nice. Happy to come and, you know, actually talk with you. And I think this is the... I, I've known Chesh for a while, but I don't think we've ever collaborated on anything before now. So that's great. Yeah, we have. Yeah, What'd we you have. do? <laughs> I can't remember. It was uh, about two years ago, maybe. Oh man, or a year and a half. We did. We played some Commander together on somebody's stream. It could have been Zuby's stream. Yeah, it must have been Zuby's because I like. I mean, two years ago, I don't know if I was even playing Commander yet on camera, mm. but maybe it would have been like a very random yeah. happenstance. It yeah, was. Yeah. 
but we we definitely have worked on stuff. All right, all right. I remember everyone because I'm I'm like a giant. Elephant. <laughs> there you go. See, that's why he has so many good uh, stories for us I'm every giant. time. He does. He does. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, <gasps> oh, oh, I did have one last one to uh, shout out because uh, it was the lovely. You guys have tested this, but the lovely uh, Nick S from Lexicon uh, helped me get NBA Two K Twenty One. And I started playing that this week. And Ooh. so I have to give that that amazing person an infinite shout out always uh, and, and keep talking amazing things about Lexicon community because um, that's that's just been the best. So, yeah, I'll never stop talking about those guys. Nice. Been great. Love yeah, it. Nick's so, great. Uh, yeah, where can the people find you, Mr. Bevers? Oh, uh, well, there's a number of places. Uh, <laughs> I... I am on YouTube, youtube.com slash Mr. Rivers, and I am on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Mr. Rivers, and Twitter at Twitter uh, slash Mr. Underscore Bevers, because I couldn't get my actual everything. <laughs> like, it doesn't match up yep, because there's some the German thing. person that plays Minecraft that has <laughs> mine, but, like, they haven't used their account since 2009, and I, yeah. I listen, okay? It's, it's, a, it's a pain point for me, okay? Yeah, um, yeah. And then I have an Instagram as well, but I don't really use it that much, but it is there and it is just Mr. Bevers as well. Nice. I'll follow you and hold you to uh, some, some content. So. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <you're good. laughs> hey, you haven't posted in a while. What's yeah. going on? Yeah. Uh, fine, fine. You're demanding fine. more pictures, please. Yeah. No, we're probably the same. We're, we're a bit slow on Instagram, but yeah, who cares? Like, it's fine. Love it. Uh, Chesh, where can the people find you? <laughs> Internet <laughs> stuff. Uh, on the tweeters, you can find me under Cheshire Plays, and everyone else is Cheshire Plays Games. If you're interested in NBA yeah. and group breaks and cool content, uh, just check out Chesh Breaks. Everywhere you can get your great content. Love it. Like YouTube and Twitch and whatever else doesn't really help. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and you can find me at Pass the Jam Sam on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, but you can also find the podcast uh, at cmdrcrunch.fireside.fn is the website. Uh, Twitter is at cmdr underscore crunch. Instagram is at cmdr crunch. See, we did the same thing. Damn it. Uh, consistency, right? Uh, I think that was just a, mis- a mistake that I did anyway. Uh, and then the, the, the email, if you want to send us thoughts, questions, feedback, pictures of cephalids whatever you feel like send it to cmdrcrunchpodcast at gmail.com uh yeah so uh i think best way what do we usually do we uh we usually sign off with a little bit of advice if you have any just see what it rolls off the uh uh the top of your head but um yeah until next week uh get a cat it'll change your life <laughs> don't play a pet oppressive deck so you're a dick buy singles yeah, that's <laughs> just the, the, uh, the great uh, cracker of packs. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Thanks, friends. Take care. Bye. Bye.